0: and it is jobbing out. Episode number 65. You got you got something for that one, by the way? 65. I'm going to go with... D- five. Yeah, I didn't think so. I didn't think so. Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster from the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone, and...
1: The main event.
0: A.J. Francis of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, live again this week from Seamus' house in Tampa, where... You're still casing everything? You're still trying to figure out what it is that you're going to walk out with?
2: Yeah, I already know. <laughs> <laughs> He's not casing anymore. He's just planning on how to get it out. <laughs> is it already
0: in your yeah. bag? No,
2: not yet.
0: Okay. Right. <laughs> but it's. But the,
2: day I, but the day I leave, it will be. <laughs> Which day you leave, after uh, camp or just after OTAs? Or you can't uh, say that?
3: OTAs. Okay. All right. All, right. All right.
0: Yeah, that's soon then, right? That's soon. When yeah, are you back here?
3: Uh, I'll be back... My buddy has a bachelor party the week after the weekend after mini camp ends. Which okay. So next weekend. Um and then uh I'll be chilling in down here in Florida for a week, uh, because I'm going to a wedding the next weekend that's in Orlando. Um and then after that I'll be back up what is that, the Sunday after that. So, so end of June will be yeah.
1: End
3: of June. All right, very good.
1: Very good. We'll look forward
0: to that and having you back here in studio and uh, and I'm roasting a pig on July 2nd. Don't forget about that. All right, so we got a lot to do this week. Uh, obviously, there's a lot to talk about. We're going to talk about Brock Lesnar. We're going to talk about NXT TakeOver. We're going to talk about um, maybe a little bit of something that happened on Raw. Although, unless we're going to talk about Teddy Long for 20 minutes. I, don't know I have no problem talk talking about. about Teddy Long for 20 yeah, minutes. Yeah, I know. Teddy Long is awesome. I know. I know. You're all in. Um, Aaron and I also had a chance uh, before we started the show to ch- catch up with Josh Gross, who is a longtime uh, mixed martial arts writer who has a book coming out. How's this for timing? Um, he has a book coming out later this month about the the legendary fight in Japan between Muhammad Ali and uh, WWE Hall of Famer Antonio Inoki. So it's it's interesting. It's fascinating. We'll talk to him about that. We'll talk to him about Brock Lesnar as well, but uh, we'll do that a little bit later on in, in this segment. Before I guess we get into Lesnar, maybe we should talk a minute about Muhammad Ali um in particular, AJ, you, you know, know—you're larger than life. You think yourself to be The Rock. The Rock thought himself to be Muhammad Ali. I would imagine that he's someone that, that you have um, thought very highly of over the years.
3: Yeah, I mean, um, I was reading a piece, and I can't even remember who it was by, but I was reading a piece that uh, talked about Muhammad Ali's last fight, and it talked about how all types of people bet on Muhammad Ali, even though, it was clear to everyone but the fans that Muhammad Ali was about to get dominated by Larry Holmes. And uh, one of the guys that, the guy that wrote the article asked a bathroom attendant, he said, "Why? Yeah, like why do you why did you bet on Muhammad Ali?" And he said, "I'm a 72 year old black man. Muhammad Ali gave me my dignity, and like without people like Muhammad Ali, like I might not be able to be on this podcast with you guys." Hmm. Like the kind of the kind of people that we do that do ads for our shows and whatnot, they might decide that oh uh, we don't need to do that. Like without Muhammad Ali, I might not be in this position I am right now. I might not be a professional athlete. I might not be able to experience the life that I have. I'm I mean, he's one of the biggest not only civil rights activists, but along with just pure athletes, like worldwide. There's not many guys, you could say, have more worldwide recognition than Muhammad Ali.
2: Yeah. yeah. I mean, you you could say that he was quite possibly the most known guy on the planet when he died. It, Absolutely. I don't think it's a stretch to say that. he's definitely top three if he's not number uh, one.
0: By the way, the article that you read was by Jerry Eisenberg in the New York Star-Ledger, yes. who's just a, a genius, is one yep. of the greatest writers in the history of, of boxing and horse racing and everything that he's ever written. I mean, he's unbelievable. And what you said... That line caught me the same way that it caught you, and obviously I'm not an African American, I'm not an athlete, I'm not any of those things, but it did catch me this bathroom attendant. Like that, that yep. that's, that's what it meant. I I'd do anything for Muhammad Ali, I'm nothing, if not for Muhammad Ali. Like, holy shit. I mean, that is, that's powerful, man. Like that is just really powerful. I think the other fascinating thing is, look, I know that WWE likes to take advantage of you know, anything that's going on in the world of pop culture to try to get people and the same way that other companies do. I I want to click. I want a part of this, but the relationship between Muhammad Ali and professional wrestling
2: is, is lockstep there. He was at WrestleMania. He was, he was a big part. I, I, I fully believe that if Muhammad Ali was not there, WrestleMania, as we know it, may not have existed. Right. That first WrestleMania was such a, you know, if this succeeds, it becomes huge. If this fails, WWE goes out of business type mm-hmm. situation. And Muhammad Ali's presence cannot be understated. Uh, uh, no doubt. Or overstated. But I
0: think, it's, I think it's more than that. I think who Muhammad Ali was, I mean, I, I honestly got until Muhammad Ali passed away. And I, I met Muhammad Ali a couple times in Phoenix, but it was during the years where, unfortunately, his body was already starting to... Um, you know, lose the battle, and I never had a conversation with him. But he was a regular presence. When I lived in Phoenix, he was, you go to a Suns game, Muhammad Ali was there. You go to a Diamondbacks game, Muhammad Ali was there. He was all over the place in Phoenix, despite the fact that, you know, he was already dealing with the advanced level of Parkinson's at that point. Um, I, Muhammad Ali, the story about Gorgeous George, I had no clue. I did not realize that he became this larger-than-life personality, this this bigger-than-anyone on the face of the planet because of having watched Gorgeous George. I didn't know.
3: I'm so pretty. I'm so pretty. Yeah. I'm so pretty. That, that is from... He got that idea from Gorgeous George. That's incredible.
0: Isn't it? It's, it's amazing to me. And in many ways... Look, I I don't want to take anything away from Muhammad Ali, but I feel like part of... And he of... took
3: it to... Don't, don't, let's not deny it. He also took it to the... Um, teeth degree. Oh, correct, right. yeah. Right, and yeah. that's the thing. Yeah. I, I don't want it he to... It way, he did it way better, but just the, the fact that the catalyst was from Gorgeous George is incredible.
0: No question. No, absolutely no question. And that, that to me, is amazing. And and honestly, when you see these larger-than-life personalities in professional wrestling, like and looking back on it, I never thought about The Rock as being Muhammad Ali. Like, it's never something that I'd given a thought to. On Saturday, after the news came out, I sat down and started thinking about it, and I said, Jesus Christ, The Rock is Muhammad Ali. Like that's what he's he's trying to be Muhammad Ali in in every way, correct? Yes. Yeah. It's it's amazing. So, I you know just the intertwining of it. I I I thought the WWE was right to recognize that on Monday night. I thought it was one of the things they got right on Monday night was to say, hey, look, this is this isn't just the celebrity that we interacted with one time that passed away. You know what I mean? Like this isn't. This really is somebody that very much is in our fiber, like in the fabric of who we are. Muhammad Ali is part of what's what's gotten us to this point. Um, And I I do think that was worth uh, bringing up and pointing out. And obviously uh, the world lost an icon um, in the passing of Muhammad Ali. All right. um, The big story in pro wrestling this week. Is the news technically not even in pro wrestling? That's a great point. <laughs> um, it's the news that Brock Lesnar is going back to the, the UFC. He's going to do both. He's going to fight at UFC 200 against Mark Hunt, and then he will be back with the WWE in the build up to SummerSlam. Aaron and I got into a little bit of a spirited conversation about this on Saturday.
1: It,
2: it's cr- I mean just the fact that it's happening because because of Vince. Like the fact that Vince is allowing this to happen. I don't think it's Vince. The fact
0: that you j- think it's Triple H?
3: I think Triple H is the full 100% reason behind
0: this. I wouldn't be surprised by that at all. Wouldn't, wouldn't surprise be. me remotely. Because Triple H has a vision for...
2: Yeah. I think Shane. I don't think it's okay. a coincidence that Shane comes back. Shane, one of the reasons he left in the first place was he thought that WWE needed to be a little bit more like UFC. He wanted to incorporate more of the UFC. Type. He loved UFC and mixed martial arts and i don't think that's a coincidence that he comes back and this happens
0: well i know this much when you said you didn't you, you couldn't believe it or you didn't understand it i'm like dude you're nuts well i
2: understand it was i couldn't believe it because of vince's M.O. and what we've seen in the like <laughs>
0: this is to me the biggest no brainer in the history of no brainers this is and, and i get it we don't know yet any of the details of what really happened and when brock lesnar's been asked about it he's sort of laughed it off right he said oh, i i arm wrestled vince and and right. i won so vince is letting me do it but Make no mistake, there is significant tangible money and oh, potential absolutely. money involved on every angle of this. There is no doubt that when they sat down, when when Howard this this you know, the phone call comes in, Brock says, I'd like I, it's an itch I'd like to scratch, right? Like was was that Michael Jordan's famous line about coming out of retirement? It's an itch <laughs> that I that I have to scratch. Um, he says at the UFC, UFC says, All right, well, we need to talk to the WWE, we need to figure out what your contract looks like, figure out you know how possible this is. It, um, to me, there's not even a a thought of saying no. If I'm the WWE, I say yes. By god you want to do this a month before SummerSlam? By God, yes. We're gonna have to put in a lot of insurance policies for injury, but by God, yes. Also, you're gonna give us X amount of dollars. O and B, we're gonna get a certain amount of promotional dollars from you. And C, we're gonna Someone's trade Someone's off- going
2: to come back. Correct.
0: Yeah. Somehow, this is there's gonna be a long term benefit to this. It's gonna be a a, a long burn. You're going to give us something with Ronda. You're going to give us something with Conor McGregor, whoever it's going to be. But there's going to be a, a bigger, tangible thing here than just Brock going to a fight with the UFC. There's going to be more to it. There's no doubt about that. And by the way, the UFC is doing WWE's promotion for them by putting Brock on oh, yeah. their biggest card of the year and doing all this publicity for ESPN and Fox and everybody's going to do right before summer. Oh, Somerset. yeah. Oh, it's yeah. brilliant.
2: Well, I guess just
0: It's play,
3: brilliant as long as he doesn't get knocked yeah, the fuck Yeah, that's back. the thing. Okay, the right. opponent, I'm Samoa concerned.
2: If, if I'm Brock, or if I'm WWE, I'm not thrilled with the opponent. Brock should win this. You know, Mark Hunt's not the best guy, but he's also a guy who could land a punch. Right, just kind correct. of correct. That's, that's what he's done in out. his career. Do you think that if, if that happens, if the worst comes to worst, and Brock just is flat on his back at the end of the match, does that hurt WWE? I don't anyways? think so,
0: no.
3: I don't. I believe it does. Okay. Expand on that. Because I think that it, it, it's kind of hard to for WWE to book Brock Lesnar for SummerSlam as this undestructible monster um, when he just got knocked the fuck out by mm-hmm. a guy that doesn't even have that great of a record in UFC. Now, the, see, the thing with... He's been knocked out before, but the thing was he took time off after those. Well, and there and was, was the particular He was able to build himself in WWE but if you win at SummerSlam and then I mean at WrestleMania then next time somebody sees you is you get knocked the fuck out at UFC and then you come back to WWE for SummerSlam it's kind of like well we literally just saw you eating canvas
0: I hear you now let me tell you why I disagree and I'm everything you say is makes complete sense in the world in a way I almost think it could do some good for WWE because you know
2: what it provides a redemption tour character depth yeah
0: character depth is what it provides all of a sudden but the challenge is you can't book J- Brock is just an unbeatable monster and untouchable and everything along those lines you do have to alter the way that you book him but it gives you an opportunity to book him in another way which at some point let's all be right let's all tell the truth about Brock Lesnar if he's not gonna be fighting like he's done the Undertaker thing okay the Dean Ambrose thing was a little like it was fine but it was kind of underwhelming for Brock Lesnar right You can only do this so much without him being the WWE champion. There's only so many things you can do with unbeatable, unstoppable, showing up once every every few months. All of a sudden, Brock Lesnar, redemption, character depth, trying to, you know, has an actual storyline to it. Can he still do this? Now, whoever you have him fighting at SummerSlam has all of their promos written for him. You're a chump. You got your ass handed to you. You think you're? It's it's perfect if it goes that way. Yeah, I don't think it will. I could see that. I'm, I mean, I could see that.
3: I could see that working. But then the opponent is major. Oh, I agree. Yeah. Right. And in a way, the, I the opponent the opponent can't be. No offense to Dean Ambrose, but it can't be Dean Ambrose. Uh, correct. Again.
0: Correct. One hundred
3: percent. It has to be somebody. And it can't even be somebody like Bray Wyatt. Because of his whole character thing, I don't think that would work well with. Yeah, was what he was it saying. wouldn't.
0: Right, right. I,
3: I would think his, would, his opponent would have to be someone like a Roman Reigns.
0: I was about. To, well, okay, Roman Reigns would work a thousand percent, and I've already suggested that I think you I should do Reigns, thing. Rollins, Lesnar too at SummerSlam. I've already put that on the record. I would even suggest that Kevin Owens could work in this scenario.
3: Kevin Owens would work as well. The prize
0: and, fighter, you know. Right? Yeah. And, and being a guy that would have no problem saying, you know, who who are you? You know, you're nothing to me. You just got your ass kicked. I'm a and, prize
2: fighter. You're not a prize anymore.
0: I mean, like, I think there are plenty. And I would almost say that at this point, and this is tough for the, the – I don't know that they're able to do this. If I'm in WWE creative, I might have a plan A and a plan B in place right now. I might have a plan A for here's what we're doing. If he goes in and either wins the fight or – at least, you know, goes, goes, goes for three rounds, yeah. loses a decision, but looks really strong in the process, right? Like, I'd have one plan for that going to SummerSlam. and I would have a plan in place for what if he gets knocked the fuck out. I would absolutely have a plan in place for that. And where you go with these characters, and it might be two completely different opponents, but he's Brock Lesnar. You can make it work. And, again, it yeah. gives you the first ounce of something different. If he wins, great. He's Brock Lesnar, Eater of Worlds, Destroyer. You know, I mean, he's he is the monster, but he is God. Correct. The God of Yeah exactly. He's a bigger star than he was at WrestleMania. A thousand percent. Yes. If he loses, there's still something there. And it's different than what you had with Brock Lesnar beforehand. And it's different than you've had with Brock Lesnar in the how many years, three, four years it's been since he's been back in the company now? It's the first vulnerability that you've seen from Brock Lesnar. You've booked Brock Lesnar to the point where he cannot lose. This is the first time he looks vulnerable ever in this return to the WWE. And again, you could only go with the unbeatable, undeniable thing. You, you just run out of things to do with that at some point. So I, I hear your argument, and you're right. It changes but things.
3: How good, how good would this be if Roman Reigns is a heel and still champion? Because here's the thing. Brock Lesnar has, I repeat, if he wins this match versus Mark Hunt, has to be in the main event of SummerSlam. Of course. He has to be. Yes. He has to be. How would it look... How great would it look for WWE for Brock Lesnar to have just not won a match in UFC, come back still as this unstoppable force, and of course he's going to be the babyface in that situation, and then he loses to Roman
0: Reigns?
2: Oh, it creates. I mean, there's your new star, you know? Right, right. I mean,
0: it it creates fury. I mean, it's people are legitimately pissed off. They're they're you know, it's got everything. Absolutely, it's got everything. And you're on board with it. But it, I'm telling you, you still have a storyline there whether he wins or he loses. I, I think you're covered. I think the risk WWE is only about whether or not he gets hurt. That's the only risk that, that, that exists here for the WWE.
2: Or if it works out so well that now well, that, he's hell-bent on continuing. If he says now, I want to fight every five months right. in UFC, or if you're Vince, are you okay with that?
0: I I mean, yeah, a little bit dicey.
2: I am.
3: Are you? Yeah, because that means he's always going to fight right before SummerSlam and right before Royal Rumble, and I really don't need him until those two times.
0: I mean, they're, okay, okay. I mean, I, I I hear that if he's if he's fighting the end of December, if he's fighting in July, whatever it is, you know, that that you can make it work. Ah, it's it's just so much more inherent risk, and I guess then it becomes, I to me, unfortunately, too difficult for the WWE to be able to write it the right way. That the the many ways that that path can go it becomes more difficult to write around what's happening also the i I think it's very clear the training for ufc is way more injury prone than training mm-hmm. for professional wrestling for whatever reason because, i guess true I mean, because you're sparring because you're sparring right is, is really the reason and that would be the other concern that it's one thing to risk him getting hurt in the fight itself but all of the sparring that you're doing if you're if you are training for a fight that often there is a lot of injury risk involved with that, and that I'd be a little bit more concerned about. But there, I I think there's no doubt, and Brock Lesnar has completely left it open. Every interview he's done, he said, yeah, it's a one-off, but, you know what I mean? Like, let's. I think he's leaving it open for, if this works out well, if he walks in and he knocks out Mark Hunt or he chokes him out or does whatever he does, I think there's no doubt that he could find himself saying, well, I'd like to be able to get back to the point where I can compete for the heavyweight title, which I don't know that any of us believe he can, but... I think he can. It's he dude, won
3: the, he won the world heavyweight championship I, I, while battling diverticulitis. I hear you, but he's about he's like he diverticulitis had, is no fucking.
0: joke. How many fights do you think away he is away from legitimately being a title contender? Three, four, four? yeah. Well, that that's two you years. Put yourself, from now. damn near forty years old at that yeah. point.
2: I, I just and I mean it is George, Brock Lesnar, George, For, George Foreman. I mean, I, I think that the the question is, can he do enough? MMA training while also doing the wrestling, thing. Even, right. the, even with the limited dates he has, can he do both if he's going to be around for the full road to, you know, more or less the full road to WrestleMania? I think here's the interesting question. If he can do all this, if this goes beautifully. But
1: the thing is, vi- you guys
3: got to realize that he doesn't even train, like, he just does regular training. Like he's not—he does—he only wrestles like three times a year. I'm—I'm positive he's going to be able to do UFC training and then be like, all right, now I can just be a wrestler again. He'll still be in great shape.
0: Yeah, but again, the sparring is the difference. The—the sparring changes everything. Yeah, that's—that's my my question is if he he gets hurt in
3: sparring, that's different.
0: Yeah, that—that's not what I'm saying. I mean, my
3: my point is he's still going to be in world class athlete shape. He's still going to be able to jump right back into wrestling. The—the only thing that would stop him from doing any of that would be if he gets hurt.
0: Uh, right. Aaron's point, you know, it, it, and he brought this up on Saturday night. Look, I hear what you're saying. I think it's perfect, perfect that your first fight is against Mark Hunt because, let's tell the truth, your cardio doesn't need to be great in order to be able to fight fight, fight right. Mark Hunt. You just don't. I mean, that's the way it is. Now, I, I'm not doubting that Mark Lesnar's cardio isn't is in a very good place, but I get the argument that the cardio in particular is the biggest well, difference and just, between… And just
2: the feel of the… Like, that, that's kind of been my thing if… My assumption right now, and we don't know, like, the fact that this has been kept such a secret and set, oh, such a it's, is crazy, you know, we don't know. Yeah, well, apparently, he step-
0: if you broke the secret, you're going to get, uh, yeah, right.
2: Has he stepped foot in done any sort of MMA training? Because I feel like if he had shown up at an MMA gym, this would have gotten out a long time ago. Like, there's a possibility he has not stepped in any form of MMA yeah. ring training I, I, at all. I think that it would be... The out- thing is, but That's here's the, the, the thing. thing.
3: No, no, no. See, I don't, I don't agree with that at all. Yeah. I, I, the only reason because he lives on a fucking ranch. Right. And he's a multi, 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 multi millionaire. I'm positive that if he wanted, he could have a wrestling ring and a UFC octagon built. In his backyard. and, and I would even
0: argue that if 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 he was doing something like in in March that involved mixed martial arts training, it wouldn't that be be that stunning to the people that were there because again he's a former UFC heavyweight champion, and he
2: might just you know everyone does that in a training. The idea, right. training these the idea days. of
0: incorporating mixed martial arts into your training regimen for any sport is not that nuts, right? As you mentioned, I mean CM
3: Punk did it before he even right. decided
0: Correct. to not uh, be a UFC. Uh, half the pro foot, half the NFL is out there with Jay Glazer doing right. it. Right? You know, I, I mean it's just the way it is. So I don't think it would be that stunning, and I don't think it would be news. At that point, if somebody walked into Brock Lesnar's gym, is like, "Oh, that's weird." You know, he's 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 sort of sparring with somebody. I think they'd be like, "Eh, that's Brock Lesnar." It's it sounds Fair about enough. right. You know what I mean?
2: Here's my question: If everything goes perfectly on both sides, could Vince and Dana get on the same page where he's fighting for both titles? Um, uh, uh, I I think this is
3: it's more. It would be more Dana than Vince, right? Oh yeah, because yeah, yeah. Dana would have to. Dana would have to be like, oh, yeah, we're going to give him a world title shot because Vince is going to take that free publicity 10,000 times. No over. doubt.
0: No question. I, I think what you're, the, the real question becomes, I think there are some people that wonder if Dana doesn't just see money and if he wins one fight, doesn't immediately say, you know, if we just so happen to have a contender get hurt. Be awfully nice to slide Brock Lesnar into a title match, right? Absolutely. Like, yeah. I have no doubt that that thought crosses the mind of Dana White, and I think there's a it's a bigger. Dance. And he's
3: a former world heavyweight champion, so he would have all the he right in the credibility. The world
0: and to get
2: that, he is the biggest, biggest box office draw in UFC history. Well,
0: that's that's the obvious part of why you do it. But yes. what AJ speaking to is why when when the ESPNs of the world say this is bullshit, like the Dana White can turn around and say, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're talking about a legitimate former heavyweight champion that only lost the title because he was fighting diverticulitis. Yep. He deserves the opportunity to fight for it again. That's that's why he might be able to get away with it. But the scenario would have to work out, right? Like it would have to be a scenario where you can't on on uh, July 9th have Brock Lesnar knock out Mark Hunt and say, by the way, he's now the number one. Candidate. Right. Like they have a system for that now in the UFC to prevent from there being such shady shit like you have to work your way back up to becoming a contender before you can get a title shot that's why they have the ranking system now on the ufc but if you have the guy if you have you know and whoever it is you know dos santos whoever the fighter is that's supposed to get the title shot gets hurt a month before they're supposed to
3: there oh my god
0: right yeah right i mean god damn dude like it would be bigger than life so I wouldn't be surprised at all by Dana trying to pull that scenario yeah. off where it just so happened to work out. Put him in a position for some good luck for him. Correct. Yeah. Exactly right. That would be my thought process. All in all, I, I think if you're a-, a UFC fan, a mixed martial arts fan, if you're a pro wrestling fan, but especially if you're like us and and like most of our listeners, I assume, and you're a fan of both, I don't know how this just isn't the greatest thing in the world. Like I, I-, I am going to give these companies so much money over the course of the next few months. I, like, I'm in love with this. I think this is a 10. I, yes, I've beat off to it on multiple occasions already. It's already happened. You know with it. um, the,
2: it's, it's just a crazy summer. It, like it, If you think about it, not just 200, but the fact that you know the rumors are coming out about CM Punk now, where he's, right. now, he's now part of SummerSlam weekend. That 202 is the night before SummerSlam. Is it really? Right That's pretty after. Funny. Ta- takeover is going to end at 10 o'clock or whatever, and we're going to go right over to 202. That's
0: really funny, God! That's really funny. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Oh boy.
1: Yeah. 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 Right. I mean, that, B- big M, by by well, no could,
0: means do I think it's a, sh- a sure thing. But but that CM that's, Punk's that's fight. the
2: rumors that one of the things that are is involved with this is 202 uh, is going to be heavily promoting SummerSlam. So you have a situation where CM Punk, no doubt, no <laughs> doubt, I could mean, be could be uh, fighting right in front of a WWE logo. I, I did. This is great. And then he shows back up at SummerSlam. Oh! <laughs> God.
0: I can't. I want to have another kid, AJ. Don't do this to me. God, I'm gonna be completely empty in a second here, um, dude. It's it's awesome. It's awesome. Are we gonna go to Jimmy's on the ninth? Are, are you home, AJ? Are we uh Uh on the ninth of what? July. July 9th. Ni- two hundred. Yeah, two hundred.
3: Um, I'll probably be there then. Uh, yeah. July ninth. Oh, yeah, I'll be there.
0: All right. All right. Good chance I'll be. There. I mean, yeah. come on. It's, it's fucking Brock Lesnar, dude. Yeah. Oh, and John Jones. Don't forget. There's also John Jones, Daniel Cormier, which was a pretty good fight to begin with, and now is just sort of the uh, the side dish. That, that's
2: another good wrestling, because uh, ROH is going to be in town that the night before. Oh, are they really? Yeah, oh, I can do July. that. I can there do that. There we go. Oh, wow. Wow.
0: Yeah, that's going to be exciting. Some fun
2: weekends coming up this summer.
0: All right. So why don't we do this? Um... As we mentioned, Aaron and I had a chance a little bit earlier today to chat with Josh Gross, uh, who is uh, writing about wrote the book about Muhammad Ali and Tony Anoki that'll be available later this month. Why don't we take a listen to that, and then uh, we'll come back in and we'll uh, we'll talk. Uh, what are we talk? We are we doing um, a take NXT takeover? NXT takeover, da- not Dallas. <laughs> the end. NXT takeover, the end. We'll talk about that next. Of the beginning. Is that? Yes. Okay. Oh, that's right. I got remember now. Yeah. now I feel like a dope. All right, so uh, we'll do that now. Now joined, um, it's an interesting week to be talking to this man, obviously. is He's got a book coming out on June 21st. It's called Ali versus Anoki, And admittedly, it's a subject that I know, a pro wrestling guy, and Aaron, you're a pro wrestling writer. I have to admit, I know very little about. But I've been reading the book, um, getting ready to talk to him. He is a longtime mixed martial arts journalist. His name is Josh Gross, and he joins us now here on Jobbing Out. Josh, it's Glenn and Aaron. We really appreciate you taking the time for us. I don't know what the word is because it, it's it's so somber, but it's, I guess, maybe ironic that the book is coming out at this point. I don't know what the correct term is for this.
4: I don't think there is one. I, I was on a ESPN radio uh, a couple of days ago, and the, the host said I was lucky. I was like, no, 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 no. that's, not, that's right. not the right way to say that. Um, definitely, uh, you know, the news shook me up like it shook up many people, and uh, I was conflicted, and I didn't know how to process it, but... uh yeah, I, I just think um, you know Ali was a man who's remembered by many people for many reasons, and he's in the news now and. You know, as someone who has a book to sell, I, I have to accept that fact and, and, and I suppose use it to my benefit, but that's not how I want to think about it.
0: No, I, I understand exactly what you're trying to say. and That's why I was struggling to come up with the right word. It's just, it's sure. it's it's interesting, I guess, is what we just keep coming back to.
2: And, and it, it is so interesting, and in your book it focuses on this Ali-Hinoki fight with so many things that you could have wrote about in either Ali or Hinoki's career. What What made you focus on this match specifically when you started to think about writing this book?
4: Sure. Well, look, I've been covering mixed martial arts for 16 years, um, so April 2000 was when I began covering the sport, um, and pretty early on I had opportunities to go to Japan. At the time, Japan uh, was a hub for mixed martial arts. The Pride Fighting Championship was really at its heyday at that point, uh, and I actually went there 12 times to cover events, and I never brought back anything except a souvenir poster, poster from this amazing uh, tchotchke store, you know, pro wrestling souvenir store, fight souvenir store near the Tokyo Dome, and it was a replica poster of this match that I really didn't have much familiarity with. I was like, well, what is, what is this? Ali Anoki?" okay. And uh, it, uh, it wasn't too long after that that I said, you know, I'm going to write a book about this one day. And, of course, there have been so many um, great pieces uh, about Ali and his life and so many wonderful books and amazing articles. I, I, I didn't feel like I could contribute anything in that way. I, I was not around when Ali uh, was uh, at his peak as a boxer. I'm 40 years old, so... My experience is in a sort of a post Ali competitive world of knowing him, um, but I could tie it into the mixed martial arts concept, and I, I understood that, and that was my wheelhouse. And as I dug into it, and I have to admit, you know, look, any blood red blooded American male, right? I, I, I like pro wrestling when I was a kid. It's not, it's not my favorite thing now. I don't really watch a lot of pro wrestling. Um, I've. It took me a while to say, well, there's a lot of pro wrestling tied into the story, and I never really accepted this idea that mixed martial arts and pro wrestling were so interconnected. Mm. But through the telling of this story, it is so clear to me that they are connected in so many ways. And uh, I really uh, was grateful for the chance to learn about that and write about that. And it's more a book than just about the match itself or this particular moment in time. It really turned into sort of a historical recounting of um, pro wrestling coming from the old catch wrestling days, morphing into sports entertainment, And the idea that mixed martial arts was born out of this, especially in Japan, um, it really tied in well together. And uh, you know, I was was glad I had a chance to tell it.
0: It's interesting, Josh, because obviously, you know, we're we're doing a pro wrestling show and we're pro wrestling guys, but we're also big mixed martial arts guys. And I've covered a lot of fights and and know a lot of fighters. And specifically, and I have to admit, I've only gotten so far into the book, and I apologize, but I got it and I I tried to dive right into it. Um, What you were writing about strong style wrestling is interesting because. It's sort of experiencing a renaissance right now in the pro wrestling world. Shinsuke Nakamura has come over to WWE and is is the king of strong style, right? And it is fascinating to look at just kind of how similar, you know, as, as much as we knock pro wrestling, it's not really fighting. But there's such an unbelievable similarity between the strong style wrestling and mixed
4: martial arts. And And that's. That's Antonio Inoki. I mean, that's yeah. that's Antonio Inoki. And uh, Shinsei Nakamura gets a reference in my book, and the Bumei Ni gets a reference in my book, and, you know, all these things sort of coming together. I learned a lot about the history of the Japanese side of pro wrestling, how it morphed into the fight business, and, you know, uh, how important Inoki was to all of that. I was around Inoki when I went to Pride. and you know, I, I, you know, they did press tours when Don Fry fought Ken Shamrock. They did a press tour here in the U.S., probably did, and Enoki was on that press tour, and I was around him, and I sort of watched him. I was like, who's this character with the chin? I didn't really have any kind of <laughs> reference of who he was, but you knew that he was someone, because he had that charisma about him. Um, and, uh, you know, it was, it was amazing to sort of learn about his legacy, and, um, his ambitions in life, and the fact that he went off and, you know, claimed to have all these mixed martial arts fights, some of which were real, like the, uh, Alive match, some of them which were more shoot, some of them were more work. I mean, that was just the reality of it um and and, you know it all ties together there is no pride fighting championship without antonio noki because there's no pancreas without antonio noki and there's no uh new japan wrestling basically without him and there's so many things of these little different moments where you see converging and i really try to use the ali noki match as a way to tell all those stories
2: now, you talk about that it's Japan that's really where the nexus of this is, where you have mixed martial arts meeting pro wrestling. What is it about Japan and the Japanese fighting culture that you think really made it conducive for these different, uh, you know, fighting styles to come together?
4: That's a good question. I, I, um, Japan, after World War II, um, you know, was introduced to Western style pro wrestling, and Ricky Dozan was obviously incredibly important for them. Um, and I think this idea after World War II was something I explore. of lifting the Japanese people, giving them some hope, and Ricky Dozan was able to do that. He, a lot of Western wrestlers came over and, you know, took a fall for him, and he was the big hero, the big conquering hero, and he gave some life and some um, reason uh, for people to have some hope in the wake of uh, the devastation of World War II. I think that's the roots of it, um, and, uh, you know, I do explore a lot of that in the book. Um, I, I I am not, uh, I will not call myself an aficionado of current-day Japanese pro wrestling, I know there's so many intricate details to it, and I know there are people who know it better than I, but just my general takeaway, having been to Japan and seeing the fights and watching the people react to those things, there's obviously an incredible martial culture, a martial arts culture there, Asia and Japan and, and the like. Um, the, the, you know these sort of things that come together. I I think, I think for pro wrestling side, um, you know it really was born out of that. It was sort of standing up for yourself and being proud of where you're from and these kinds of feelings. Uh, I think that had a lot to do with it.
0: It's interesting. It's really interesting. It's Josh Gross. The book is Ali vs. Anoki. It's out on June 21st. He joins us here on Jobbing Out. Josh, um, the Ali stuff is fascinating to me because I have to admit, again, as a pro-wrestling guy, I didn't know the Gorgeous George thing. Like I, 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 Again, I think like you, Ali, as much reverence as I have for him, was so much before me um, as, a, as a writer, as a host, as anything like that, that I, I had not done my background. But Ali's fascination with with wrestling, or wrestling, as you said in the book, is really interesting to me because I feel like right now you you sort of live in an era where there's a lot of fighters that thumb their nose towards the notion of pro wrestling, but yet he not only embraced it, like it really in many ways defined who he ultimately became.
4: It certainly shaped him. One of the things I do in the book is trace uh, Ali's life in 1962. And he fought three times in Los Angeles in 1962, and at the time, Freddie Blassie was the king of wrestling on the West Coast, basically, him and the Destroyer. Uh, and uh, Ricky Dozan and Freddie Blassie had three matches in 1962, two of which were at the Olympic Auditorium, and it, it, it was all of this, like literally, like all this stuff happening in this really confined, close space in downtown Los Angeles in 1962, and that unquestionably, in my mind, rubbed off on Ali. Of course, he had this natural charisma about him. He he could he could speak and he could rhyme, and he had this you know uh, dynamic confidence. But I think he saw the gorgeous Georges of the world and the Freddie Blassies of the world. And saw how people reacted to them. And no matter what, whether they hated or loved Blassie or Gorgeous George, they reacted to him. And Ali saw something that, and that clicked. And for him to s- spend so much time around those characters, Gene LaBelle is a very important person in my book. And they have, uh, there's great pro wrestling here in Los Angeles, and the Olympic Auditorium, and you know, the territories, and things like that. Um, there's, there's no doubt that those moments in time, I believe, really rubbed off on Ali. And if you go watch you know, if you, in hindsight, you go watch and listen to him and the way that he would sell and talk, uh, he was using a lot of classic, you know, classy Freddie Blassie stuff. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. And it was interesting to me that the Blassie was actually with Ali in Tokyo for the Enoki match in 76 and they were on to, on the Tonight Show together days before that. I mean, there, there was a real sort of coming together of the boxing worlds and the pro wrestling world, uh, in a way that it had happened before. You know, Jack Dempsey and, and, and Ed Strangler-Lewis were talking in the press big time about having a match in the 1920s, but I, I don't think there was anything ever as big as this Ali and Oki match. And, um, you know, I, it, it, the 1962 period, I think, was instrumental to that.
0: Let me ask this question this way. If we assume that Muhammad Ali maybe wouldn't have been Muhammad Ali without the, the pro wrestling influence, is there a possibility that the WWE, the WWF, wouldn't have become what they become Without Muhammad Ali's influence,
4: yeah. Well, one, I don't. I, I, wouldn't go so far to say that Muhammad Ali wouldn't have been who he was without pro wrestling. I, you know, maybe you could make a case for that. I don't necessarily want to. I, yeah, do that. not as a fighter, I mean, obviously. Was, right. Sure. I mean, he was destined for so many great things, and he was. The thing about Ali, more than anything, was that he was a fighter, right? So he was a fighter in the ring. He was a fighter against the government. He was a fighter for things he believed in, no matter what, and he was never going to back down. Uh, which is why he took this match against Inoki, because he believed... That he could take on a wrestler and win, and he understood the history of that. As for the WWE and the, and the changing culture out of the territories in, into this national dominance that we saw the McMahon family really do, um, again, that's another thing I really explore in the book. Um, you know, because to me, you know, they essentially ran the closed circuit business for this card, and there were closed circuit events all across the country for the Ali Enoki match, and on the undercard of that, you had live pro wrestling in, in Shea Stadium, very famous, Andre the Giant against Chuck Lepner. Uh, obviously Bruno San Martino against Chuck Hanson, uh, Stan Hansen, excuse me uh, There was uh, a lot of These sort of moments, the Olympic Auditorium had A closed circuit and they also had live wrestling And, and to me, the, you can see the ambitions Of a young Vince McMahon mm-hmm. the son, Really start to manifest Out of this event um, More and more he was becoming a player in the business More and more you could see that he wanted uh, His family's Pro wrestling style of pro wrestling, brand of pro wrestling To uh, permeate Throughout the U.S., there was no doubt about that. And, he, and I think he saw that attaching pro wrestling to someone like Muhammad Ali was exactly what they wanted to do, what they needed to do. Because at the time, in the 70s, pro wrestling was sort of, as I understand it, talking to people uh, who were in the business and, and cover the business, was kind of in the shadows. And it wasn't really respected so much. It was kind of like, you know, you, you weren't so proud to be a pro wrestling fan in, in the 1970s, maybe. Um, and, and I think, you know, this was a moment for them to move beyond that uh, I think Vince McMahon understood that, both the uh, father and son. And uh, for them, to me, I tried to frame it, and I think I did in a way that, you know, that the the roots of sort of the sport entertainment angle, where it finally went in the end, mm-hmm. w- was born out of this moment.
0: Yeah, I, I think there's absolutely no doubt about it. I think it's very evident. He is Josh Gross. The book again is Ali versus Anoki. He joins us here on Jobbing Out, Josh. If we could, you know, just sort of bring it full circle, or bring it into 2016, because we have him, you because you're such a, a veteran uh, mixed martial arts journalist. Um, We still see, obviously, this relationship between these combat sports exist to today. And we have uh, Brock Lesnar, of course, who is now going to be going back to the UFC after, you know, being in the WWE. and He's going to be doing both things. And um, I I guess I wonder what your reaction is to the news that Brock Lesnar is returning to the UFC. I think from a business standpoint, it makes all the sense in the world. But from a fight standpoint, like, is it really good for the UFC to do stuff like this?
4: I think it is. I think it is. I, th- I think the UFC, more than any other sport, um, and, you know, they're not a sport of their own self. They're a company and a brand. But in the way that they do business, you know, they're sort of this sport-slash-pro-wrestling hybrid that I don't think we see anywhere else. Um, it's in the structure of mixed martial arts because it's so closely tied in the history to pro-wrestling. That's why we've seen these sort of individual organizations maintain autonomy. You know, it's not a sport like boxing where promoter-to-promoter promoter, you see fighters take on one another, You know, Pride was very pro-wrestling-like in the way that it operated. So uh, the the connections run deep. And uh, for a guy like Lesnar, who uh, maybe people only know him as a wrestler, I mean, the guy was an amazing uh, collegiate wrestler at the University of Minnesota, national champion, just a freak of nature. Um, I was greatly disappointed that his career was cut short by diverticulitis. He seemed like a special athlete, someone who uh, had a huge personality and following and would only bring more and more eyeballs to mixed martial arts. And it seemed to be something that he... He really enjoyed doing it he, he got something out of fighting that he didn't necessarily get out of pro wrestling um, I think it's good that he's coming back I'm glad he's healthy enough to do it um, I think uh, you know for the UFC and for the WWE to really sort of because they are collaborating on this in a lot of ways I mean they come they come to an agreement there's an exchange you know we've seen Ronda Rousey go over to the WWE and do things over there and I wouldn't be surprised if we saw that again um, you know as, as long as people understand that Pro wrestling is pro wrestling, and mixed martial arts is, is sport. Um, you know, th- I think it's all good. You know, sometimes the lines get too blurred and people get confused, but um, I have no problem with Brock Lesnar coming back. I'm looking forward to seeing him fight, even if it's a one-off. He's a spectacle. I was at his first pro fight at the Los Angeles Coliseum um, it, that night. I was like, this guy, if he wants to do this for real, can be just a force of nature, and he was. And it was cut short, and I think we, you know, we're all disappointed by that. And to see him take the chance and take the risk and uh, really jump back in there, I think, is a good thing.
2: You know, even though there has been that history of, you know, uh, real sport, you know, boxing, mixed martial arts, working with uh, pro wrestling, at least in the recent Vince McMahon era, he seemed to be very against collaborating with another organization, especially another organization like UFC. And, uh, you know, we've had supposedly, it seemed like, a feud between Dana and Vince, at least a Cold War, if nothing else. Are you surprised that they came together to uh, work this out?
4: Um, again, no, business is business. Um, and I don't know exactly the details of how it came out. And it's, you know, you can speculate, I'm guessing Lesnar really wanted to do it. And because Lesnar really wanted to do it, you know, it, 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 happened. Um, that was the first step. Um, I'm, I'm glad it did. And I'm glad that they worked out whatever differences they may or may not have had. Uh, Dana White, as far as I could tell, has always spoken pretty highly of Vince McMahon. Um, and you know, look, the, my experience writing the book, um, is that pro wrestling is a very insular world and people circle the wagons really quickly hmm. and they don't really want you to know what's going on too much and it's hard sometimes to get to the bottom of things. And so uh, in that way, you know, I can understand why you wouldn't want to go off and, and showcase what you're doing in another venue you know, or, or put your wrestlers at risk or, you know, whatever the concern may be. But I think at the end of the day, there's no question that, that these things are intertwined that there's great history between them. And I think, you know, by ignoring that and saying you don't want to participate in that or you don't want to collaborate, you're ignoring history. And I don't think Vince McMahon does that necessarily. I mean, he may forget some people along the way, and he may want to invent his own history along the way in some, in, in some capacity. He's hardly the only person in a position of power to want to do that. Um, but to me, uh, I think he's a guy that understands where his business came from and the benefits of collaborating in an instant like this. And he's going to do what's best for him and his business, and so is Dana White and the UFC. And in the end, they, they felt that this made sense coming together. And I'm, I'm glad it did, because that means we get to see Brock Lesnar fight again.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, look, it's going to get my money. That's a, that's a guarantee right yeah. there. Yeah, uh, yeah. wrap it up here with Josh Gross, the book again is Ali vs. Enoki It's available on June 21st. Uh, Josh, the other guy that's sort of crossed the lines between professional wrestling and UFC in recent years, well, we thought he was going to anyway, is CM Punk. Um, What have you made of that just whole debacle in in his relationship? Uh, Um, I guess we're going to see him fight, but I'm still skeptical about it. And what we're going to get out of that, I have no idea.
4: Uh, I think we'll just sort of get a few moments of maybe guilty pleasure or or something. I don't really know. I think uh, think it's generally a failed experiment at this point. Um, I think he will fight, and there's some rumors that it may be in August. We'll see what happens. And, I, I look, um, I didn't realize, because I was thinking of guys like Lesnar and other pro wrestlers like Sakuraba, who came into mixed martial arts and had some idea of how to shoot, right? And they, they had some semblance of it. So it. Apparently, CM Punk came in and he had no idea, because everything that I heard about his training camps and all the stuff that was going on in the gym was that this guy was so far behind uh in terms of being any kind of competent fighter. Hopefully, he's moved past that. I credit him for putting himself uh, at risk. And for actually going out there and, and trying this, a lot of people would not have had the guts to do it. And if he does step in the ring, then he deserves just immense respect for that fact alone. Uh, I'm sure that if he does not well, if he doesn't do well, a lot of people are going to give him crap for it. And, you know, that, that's not fair to him. A lot of people would never step in a cage and fight like he, he apparently is going to. So um, at the end, I don't think it'll be as beneficial to the UFC as they may have hoped. Um, the Whatever energy or momentum there was towards, you know, wanting people wanting to see him do it and this notion that maybe he was gonna have some success in the UFC. I think all that's washed away. Mm-hmm. Uh but at the end of the day, if you know, they, they announce C M Punk's finally fighting. Um, you know, whatever fans he maintains from his pro wrestling days, I'm sure they'll tune in and there will be some bump. But uh, you know, I, I that's way more of a one off than anything Lesnar could do. You know, if Lesnar says I'm just coming back for one time, that's a whole different deal than a than a CM Punk just finding fighting for one time and you know, it, it basically, um, I'm going to be cliche with you and really not say anything. It is what it is, and uh you know, and, and uh you know, if he fights terrific, and if he doesn't, at this point, I'm not sure a lot of people would care. He can always go
0: back. He can
2: yeah. always. I'm go just, back. I'm just hoping that WWE ends up advertising on Tuesday so as a big WWE logo when he does finally <laughs> step into the octagon. Hey, um,
0: uh, uh, real quick, I, you know, and, and I don't, Josh, I don't know whether they're going to go far into this, but did you did you send a note out to uh, Ariel this week or, or even say anything to him as he was going through whatever he went through as a guy that's obviously been, been frozen for a number of years and maybe didn't get quite the same support that he did?
4: Of course. I mean, look, I support Mixed Martial Arts Media. Um, if you don't know my situation, I've been banned by the UFC since 2005. I haven't had access. Uh, despite that, Sports Illustrated and ESPN still hired me, and I'm grateful that they did. And you you can make a living by not having access. It's very difficult. I wish I had access. And uh, I understand Ariel is someone who's got an immense following and a really powerful voice and became the face of MMA media in a lot of ways. Uh, he has my support. Uh, you know, he, he came out and publicly said some things about his relationship with the UFC that, um, you know, were decisions along the way that I wouldn't have made. Uh, the right. UFC tried to hire me, and I, I did not want to work for them. Um, so, you know, I, I understand that. Uh, the space is pretty unique. And we're really sort of coming, you know, out of our foundation period. I think now the mixed martial arts media recognizes it's a moment maybe to come together and we get to be treated like professionals. I think we're we're deserving of that. Um, And, yes, Ariel has my support, uh, as does uh, Loretta Hunt and other people who have not had access and have faced uh, losing access. And it wasn't just Ariel. I mean, great people like uh, Esther Lynn and and Casey Linden were caught up in it, and they didn't deserve to be. So, um, yeah, I've, I've spoken to him. And uh, I'm going to be out in New York next week and actually hope to see him. So, cool. uh, you know, um, of course.
0: Very cool. The book, again, Ali vs. Anoki. I am a few chapters in. It's great, and it's a real good, again, for pro wrestling fans, it's a really cool look at a piece of history that you might legitimately know nothing about that also has so happened to involve one of our country's greatest icons, by the way, <laughs> like a pretty significant human being. book is available on June 21st. Is there a website we can direct people to just for the book by chance, Josh?
4: I would say if you're interested, just go to Amazon. It's on pre-sale now. Okay, you can cool. get it on the Amazon or Barnes & Noble. to check it out. Um, the price is real low on pre-sale, so grab it while you got it. But it's in stores June 21st. And the, what you said really resonates because I'm, I was shocked by how, many, how few people knew that Muhammad Ali was in a mixed match. I mean, the idea that Muhammad Ali, eight months after the thrill in Manila, would go take on this wrestler in Japan um, and people didn't know about it, it was shocking to me. Um, but, again, it was something that I had to learn a lot about. So uh, I'm glad you're enjoying it, and I hope people do as well.
0: Yeah, Josh, we really appreciate you taking the time for us. Give him a follow at yay underscore ye on Twitter. Josh, thanks again, man. Thank you. Great stuff. Appreciate Josh Gross hopping on with us. We'll talk takeover next. It's uh, Glenn, Aaron, and the main event. this is Jobbing Out.
5: Hi, this is Jake the Snake Smith from Baltimore Boxing. Our next event is going to be June 16th at Michael's 8th Avenue. I sure hope you guys can check it out. The last bouts were incredible, and these are going to be even better. For tickets, please go to BaltimoreBoxing.com. That's BaltimoreBoxing.com. Get your tickets right away. If you want good seats, VIP is where to be. VIP tables of 10 are $500 or $50 a seat. Ringside reserve seats are $35 or $350 a table. General missions are $25, but we run out of them fast. So if you want them, Go to BaltimoreBoxing.com. For those about to rock, Thursday, June 16th at Michaels 8th Avenue in Glen Burnie. Baltimore's best boxing. Go to BaltimoreBoxing.com for tickets.
0: Back in here, segment number two. It is jobbing out. Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster of the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone. and Of course...
3: The main event.
0: A.J. Francis of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, I forgot in segment number one that I wanted to bitch about something. It's my fault. Um, When we were talking about Brock Lesnar, all of the Brock Lesnar stuff was great, right? It was great. I mean, we're just all on board. I think that's why I didn't bitch about it is because I'm so excited about it that I forgot. I, I have an incredible gripe regarding Brock Lesnar. And it's similar to a gripe that I had a week ago. Yes. And so AJ's going
5: to be like, dude, I don't think it's that big of a deal.
0: Yeah, it's a big deal. You fucked up. The biggest story, the, the biggest thing going on with the WWE is Brock Lesnar. We just led the show with that, right? We talked about it for however long we talked about it. You know where they didn't talk about Brock Lesnar this week?
2: On WWE programming.
3: When did the news come
2: out? It came out Saturday on Saturday. Night. Saturday night.
0: Saturday. Everybody's talking about it on the planet. Brock Lesnar, your biggest commodity, was on SportsCenter all day on Monday. All. I know you're trying to turn me down because you're afraid I'm blowing out eardrums. But you know what? This is worth blowing out eardrums about. You can turn me back up. I'm going to settle for a second. I make no promises. <laughs> you had three hours of programming. Three hours of programming. You had two days to maybe try to coordinate, I don't know, Paul Heyman showing up on Monday night. Something happening on Monday night. Instead, you did nothing. Zero. Not, I, it's one thing that like, you didn't have a segment prepared and you didn't, you, you didn't mention it. Zero. Nothing. On WWE's program. No, I'm not done. Are you, are you, I'm are not you done. done. How do you not see how dumb this is? Because they don't want to give UFC free. It's not about UFC. It's about you. It's about knowing that a bunch of people that might not be WWE sycophants, but that were watching SportsCenter on Monday or watching whatever they were watching over the weekend and hearing about Brock Lesnar might say, huh, that's interesting WWE. I might happen to turn on the show on Monday night. And nothing. Zero. On your programming. you think that people tuned in to WWE
3: to hear Brock Lesnar talk about UFC?
2: I, if, if they didn't, then it's a failure because that's correct. the whole purpose of it is to try to get eyes on WWE correct. television. That's the yeah, reason you're why you're doing this. Eyes on
3: WWE, try to get eyes on WWE television once he does the UFC thing.
0: Or when he's on TV all day. When all the, On Monday. Monday
2: morning he did the interview.
0: Everything on Monday on sports television was related to one of the biggest stars in the WWE. And then WWE had their turn to present something perhaps we haven't heard of yet. To have someone cut a promo saying, you think you're a badass going to anything, anything that they could do. And they did nothing. Zero. And and I, 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 I God damn, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't have the first clue as to how this occurs. I don't know if they, for whatever reason, wrote the show on Thursday this week or, or whatever happened. But there's just your company is everywhere. This is your programming, and you have the chance on a three-hour show, where you're throwing everything at it to fill up three hours right now, three hours, and you have an opportunity to do it, and you don't. And I am, I, I, I will not. I, I, uh, I just don't can we, understand. Can we talk about
3: how can, can we talk about how great NXT was? NXT this was great. Like I don't th- I really Mr. don't Mr. Care Company that man. Didn't bring Mr. Company up. man over here. I just don't Mr. I just Company don't man. care. I just don't care that they didn't bring it up. I understand that there's a plan laid out that they will bring it up when they feel the need to. Like I don't I don't really care that much.
0: I don't really understand why you do. Because it makes no sense. Because I'd like to have an explanation because it, I I wanted to see something. Literally literally
3: you almost blew out your larynx last week. I did screaming at the top of your lungs about Finding out what about SmackDown? What about SmackDown? And then
0: Anything. Suddenly does it literally this week. Right. Right. A week later, when nobody was talking about it. Everybody's talking that, about it. Isn't that the point? What? It's to, to keep it alive? You can Is continue it, to do you that. You have three hours of programming every Monday night. You're allowed to talk about it every week. You can tease something else related to it every week. Uh, you always so, so
3: that Shinsuke match was just fucking great, man. <laughs> I think that that match was just fantastic.
2: It was a good match. I hate you both
0: just for the record I hate you both I just don't think Brock
2: Lesnar versus Shinsuke Nakamura
0: well I mean
3: (laughs) good lord
0: like as if I hadn't already spooge enough I understand that you don't think it's a big deal I don't know how you can't I don't know how as a wrestling fan you didn't want something did you did you really not want to know anything would you not have enjoyed somebody cutting a promo about Brock Lesnar on Monday night
3: I would have enjoyed it but I also don't care that it didn't happen
0: you and I are different people. We're allowed to be different people that enjoy different things. <laughs> Shinsuke yeah. You're allowed to scream at the top of your I lungs and talk about Sluge for I two will. and a half hours. That's what do you, Why do you think I do this podcast? I try to do it at home, and my wife is like, Jesus Christ, stop already. So I'm like, I guess I'll go do it on a podcast. <laughs> and your kid starts
2: crying when you yell at her. <laughs>
0: All right. Oh um,
1: yeah, There was an good, event on good, Wednesday
0: night. Good show. You know I'm right about this, by the way. You're avoiding
2: jumping into the fray, but you know I'm right.
0: Um, I. I I'm, I'm really not. I'm not quite I, I just, as passionate just, okay. about you.
2: I think you are right that they should have, but I'm not quite as passionate about you. Well, just oh, because. Yeah, I, like even
3: I. I think that would have been cool if they did, but I really don't give a shit that they didn't.
0: <sighs> Y'all just don't want to say I'm right. I get it. It's fine. <laughs> I'll move on. Uh, takeover, da- uh Did it again. Takeover the end. Takeover. They, you know what? I, let me say this too. I think they should probably stop with takeover. I really do. I. I don't think they need to brand everything as takeover. I just don't think they do. I don't think it's necessary. They, they don't call every oh, W oh, he,
2: he, he's, oh. he's okay with, he, he likes these shows. He doesn't right. like the name it's, it's the in-your-house thing. Yeah. The, it's The in-your-house, St. Valentine's yeah, Day, I Master in-your-house. You I saying thing. that they should Oh, no, no. no, 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 no I'm not no, saying no, that
0: at no, all. No, the no, shows are amazing. I'm saying you don't need to keep, you're giving them different names anyway, every time, right? Like, why, why does it need to be NXT TakeOver Dallas when it could be NXT Dallas? Why does it need to be NXT TakeOver the end when it could just be NXT the end? It just ends up being a mouthful like, we, we've we already done the TakeOver thing. The like,
2: hashtags were completely unwieldy. Yesterday. Yeah,
0: you know what I mean? Like, it, we've, we've gotten past it at this point. I just feel like you need to drop the moniker of TakeOver and just... Like, the NXT product is really good. We get it when you're doing a different event. The other suggestion I would have is maybe move it off of Wednesday night. Um, Just because I think... The end
3: could have been the... The end very well could have been the end of it. Oh, uh, the TakeOver? Yeah, that's a fair point. Re- re-brand, yeah, 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 right, they re- re-branded rebrand it moving forward.
0: I, this is The other thing that I thought about is just the Wednesday night thing, like... I think you make it special. I don't know. There was something about doing it on Friday night of, um, of WrestleMania weekend that I loved. It's not a night where you traditionally have, have programming, it's not a night where wrestling fans have anything going on, and it was awesome. And
2: I, I wonder, though, you know, how tenable is that? that WrestleMania weekend is you know, it's a holiday well, for wrestling, right, yeah, yeah, here, so you can yeah. get away with it. I don't know if you can normally do a Friday night. Why not oh. Sunday? You know, I
0: don't You're not have- doing a pay-per-view that weekend. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just feel like you make it a little bit more special by not having it on Wednesday. I mean, I, then, I, you I,
3: I, to, then you also have to book another NXT.
0: Well, I, is, is anybody complaining about that? I, I don't think that? that's the problem, but I do think
3: no, that I'm it's just possible. Saying, I'm
0: saying
2: from a logistic point. Right, I hear you. Well, and I think that it's possible that, you know, they have to book it. It might be way more expensive for them to book it on a Sunday night than a Wednesday night, for instance.
0: Well, I mean, if that's the case, that's the case. But they're going out and touring. You know what I mean? Like, they're they're going out on Sundays. It's not like they don't have guys out on the weekend working
2: but they don't have the production teams. i mean I, right yeah. I,
0: I understand what you're saying i just my thought would be that you could maybe make it work so, somehow some way It's beyond the point the point was the wrestling was great and
2: it always is um god i love american alpha and the revival i love yeah they, so much. they can
0: wrestle forever
2: the, the they can american Al- it's it's amazing just you know we, we've kind of talked people have talked about the the tag team revival in the terms of like the young bucks and kind of on the indie scene that sort of thing but American Alpha and what those two teams are doing is it's, we're going back to a kind of an old school style, but in a modern way. And it's just beautiful. It really is beautiful what they're doing. Did you get the sense there was... Um,
0: and they had
3: an entire fantastic match with, with like, but the entire time they were able to sell, it was incredible.
0: Yes. Now, that being said, did, there was a like a three-minute time frame where they were all four in the ring and they were doing some flippy shit. Did you sense that there was a feel of Ricochet Osprey there? No. No?
2: No, no I, I thought it was, cause it no. wasn't, it wasn't crazy flippish, it was showing off their athleticism, which, which they've been doing for a while. I
0: understand now. that, but they happened to incorporate in this match but as they, they that incorpor- is the biggest storyline in, 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 I think. Yeah,
3: no, 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 I, I'm, I'm, I'm with Aaron on this. I don't, First of all, none of the four of them can't do
0: the. I'm not. Shit I'm not trying, saying they're trying about. to be those guys. I'm just but saying they, they've that. Done,
2: but they've done athletic chain reversals in in the past too. This isn't a new thing for them. I get that.
0: I do get that. They they did more of it. I
5: think
3: it you're just trying to you're just trying to draw. They did more
0: rate. of it consecutively than they typically do. It was a stretch of the match. It was not a move or two. It was a good two to three minutes of the match that were. Those types of moves.
3: I love it. Literally none
0: of those types of moves. What's that? Did you watch the same
3: Ricochet Osprey match I did? Because I don't know what moves yeah, if you're not,
0: talking about. I'm talking about the moves where you're doing things choreographed. Where they were but clearly... They, they've always been. I know, but yeah, they but strung more of them together, together consecutively than they typically do. They strung like six to eight of them together consecutively in what
2: appeared to are, be Are more you talking about like leading up to those uh, tandem ankle locks? Like that kind yes, of stretch correct. there? Yes, uh, correct. Just because the moves were, so, they've always done chain suplex, which is what it was. It was like a lot of chain suplexes. Reverse. That's always been what those two teams have done with each other, and, and what they've tried to do with other teams as well. It's just that these two teams happen to be completely on the well, same. Well, they, they,
0: they, they look, they can work together. Obviously, yeah. it's, it's um, working quite well. Yeah, it I, looked I, really good. This is not me. Com- no, I, I thought and, it and was I awesome. I, just,
2: I don't think this was anything unusual for them.
0: Okay, I thought it was a little bit more. That's fine. Again, I'm I'm gonna have I to be right while the two of you are gonna have to be jerks. It's just the way the segment's <laughs> gonna go. I understand that, and I'll live. I'll live. Uh, I'll be the hero. It's fine. I'm willing to be that guy. Um, it's difficult, but I can handle that.
2: I, I just love what
0: they're it's doing. It's incredible. What, 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 you're, no not we,
3: we, you're not the <laughs> hero. You're not the hero we want. You're the hero <laughs> <Yeah>. we <we're just laughs> <Kirk>. don't want.
2: <laughs> um, you know, like Enzo and Cass, we, we raved about them because of the charisma they were bringing back to the tag division. Yeah. But American Alpha, especially if. As you know, like I, I said last week, and I, I would say I, I fully expect them. If there's a lock of a person who comes up, I think American Alpha is a lock to be on the SmackDown or Raw roster by well, SummerSlam. I
0: think it's clear they should not wait that yeah. much longer. I and, and
2: I think that they could guys, be the spark guys, of an in-ring revival for tag wrestling.
3: You guys are just going to completely ignore the fact that they still have. They're about to work a segment with these big Samoan fucks. If they are. If they are. What do you mean if they are. They were just me- You think they're just gonna be, they are gonna be the first team ever in the history of wrestling <laughs> <to get> attacked <laughs> yeah. and say, so, yeah, nah. be destroyed and then be like, hey, you know what? We don't even care that that well, happened. I, Let's I, just
2: pretend it never did.
0: I think they could do that and then still be gone at SummerSlam. I mean, yeah. I think they could. Yeah, they, they could, could. Like yeah.
2: you do it for a month and you're, yeah, you feud for a month and then the draft is until July 11th or whatever. So you could feud for a month and then kind of. I, by the way, until takeover.
1: I, I get
0: that Paul Ellering is cool. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I think it's awesome that Paul Ellering is. Fantastic.
2: There. And I, by
3: it's, the way, yeah. I want to take this moment out. Anybody who was in Orlando at that that chanted, "Who are you to Paul Ellering?" I, yeah. I, I'm hoping it. No I'm hoping it us?
2: wasn't towards Paul Ellering. I'm hoping it was the "Who are you" towards the guys, and it just happened they cut to Paul Ellering. Who we still don't, don't
0: know, right? We're 24 hours later when we tape this. Do we, do we know who the wrestlers are yeah,
2: yet? Yeah, they've been working the house show circus. They're called oh, the yeah. Authors of Pain. I've seen them. Yeah, okay. they're, they're the author, they've been working the house shows for a little bit. They have a cool entrance.
0: But where do they come from?
2: Uh, they're, they're just two big guys. Like huh, they're, right. they're not really... I don't think they're indie guys. Or if they are indie guys, they were kind of real low-level okay. indie guys. But they've been working the house shows. as They've been coming out in masks and doing stuff. Authors of Pain is well, what Well, I was very confused by.
0: by Paul Ellering because I didn't realize his daughter... Yeah. Was on the NXT roster. I didn't realize that. Um, now it makes all the sense in it the makes order.
2: all, yeah. Right. I, my, my confusion was, wow, if, if you had him on call, why yeah, have you? Yeah, been... why? Right,
0: with the, right, exactly. That's a great um, point.
2: It, I, I love it. I love the fact that you are, you know, you, especially with guys, they're definitely raw. From what I understand, they're very raw in the ring, but they're talented. And, you know, we don't – I don't think we've ever heard them talk or anything. So the fact that you can give them a mouthpiece while letting them develop, right? you know, both on the mic and in the ring, let them focus on well, the in-ring work while giving them Paul Ellering is Which is why fantastic. I don't
3: think American Alpha will be called up until after SummerSlam, strictly because I think when you have two big guys like that that they want to make look good, that they know are still kind of raw, and you put them in the ring with American Alpha at NXT TakeOver, that Brooklyn – that is a match that could get them over in like that, just yeah. so quick.
0: Right. No, I agree. I, I, the only argument I would make to any of this is that um, the bummer is that there isn't more American Alpha, revi- alpha revival. Like any no, they're scenario,
3: gonna, they're gonna get a rematch. They're probably just gonna lose. Oh, yeah. Just on NXT. Are, yeah, right. on
2: NXT, and the Authors of Pain will come out if, right. if, if yeah, we're yeah, going yeah, yeah. towards yeah. you know yeah. p- towards Brooklyn for that. that makes sense. Not, yeah, that makes sense. But uh, okay, could you imagine? Uh, first ever tag team thirty minute Iron Man match oh
0: between those god. two. Oh my god, it'd be so wonderful. Oh, it would be just so wonderful. I should do a whole in fact, why don't they just do an hour? Why don't you just do a make a one episode? One goddamn episode of NXT. I, I,
2: I was joking, you know, there there's the rumors now that apparently with the live move for SmackDown that USA also wouldn't mind it Smackdown in three hours. Oh God. Which would be terrible. However, if you do an hour of tag wrestling like that well, I would week, no one's going to complain. For, how
0: about instead of three hours you just maybe combine Ryan, NXT, NXT and Put yeah. NXT on from 8 to 9, and then SmackDown from 9 to
2: 11. The fact that they built the beginning, or the end of the beginning, or right. something like that, they are clearly saying there are going to be some changes here in NXT, whether or not it's simply that it's the new generation I, I of talent. I just think i
3: just because... I've, yeah, that's what, all I think it is. I really just think it was just Finn Balor lost his rematch, so he's probably not going to be on NXT much longer. He's going to go up to the main roster, and as far as... Guys that were with the original group of right. people yeah, that they're got all, NXT going—they're all gone. He was the last remaining person.
1: Yeah, you know
0: and uh, Bailey too. You know what I mean? Uh, that's, right. that's
3: that's a man. That's a man. Okay, that
0: okay, all right. Okay, I hear what you're saying. Um, now, touching on some other stuff. Uh, first time we got to see at a big event, um, Andrade, Cien Almas. Uh, I thought he looked good. I thought Ty Dillinger was the right opponent for him. I,
2: here's why I am not sure if he was the right opponent. Simply because you want to
0: try to get him over as a face. You want? Yeah. yeah. If you're
2: trying to get him. I, I think that they don't quite realize what they have here in Dillinger. Like, they think yeah. he's, he's a nice guy, and but they don't realize, think they think oh, my God. I think
0: they think he's Zack Ryder. Pretty I much. Think they think that he's like a, you know. He's... And then they don't
2: realize, oh, God, they're going no, to No, no, I don't
3: think that at all. I don't think that at all. I think that they think, I think they know exactly what they have with him. And because of that, they know that they can put him with literally anyone, and the crowd will be engaged. I think he was the perfect person to go with CN, because when you go against someone who... The entire crowd is cheering for, but during the match, you can look just as awesome as him. Yeah, People will say, it rubs off, Oh, right. wow. Yeah. That guy is oh, no, I... too. And...
0: Yeah, I'm with you, AJ. I really am. I, I thought that actually worked out as the match went on, and that's why I thought it was a good opponent, because it gave you a strong match, and I think that was the most important thing that you needed for for, uh, for CN. So I think it was a good thing.
2: I, I kind of want them to redu- drop one of the like. Andrade Cien, yeah, it's, Cien it's Andrade. Clunky. Like, yeah. they, they need to fix that a little bit. He was going by Manny Andrade, or, you know, like that, because that's his real name uh, when he was coming up to the house shows and stuff. Uh, the, the point is, after um, WrestleMania, I, I mentioned, I didn't know what his name was at the time I mentioned. Uh, there, I think I mentioned a Hispanic guy, or I can't remember the exact terms I used. Uh, AJ believed I was talking about Noe. This is the guy who I was talking about, who right. I think could be. A real guy to spotlight. uh, Oh, he looks really good. Well, I would also
3: like to point out that a couple weeks ago on this exact podcast, uh, Glenn Clark asked me, "You would spend sixty five dollars to go see Austin Aries?" Uh, do you need any more clarification okay, on that? Okay. Meanwhile, you're the biggest no way Jose fan in the I world. I do love no way Jose, <laughs> and I was and I was crazy for saying that's been sixty five dollars. No, I didn't Austin. say
0: you were crazy. I just asked the question. That really was all it was. I was just asking if you if you think they had enough, and I and didn't even ask it in a leading way. That I'm saying he I didn't was think saying, they did. He, I was,
3: you literally said. You really said really?
2: Okay. Well, well that's
0: what you said. I don't remember in my, that, in response. I, don't, I don't remember. We have to check the tape in order to figure out if that's exactly the way it went down.
2: Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that they have, I hope they have a real big plan for him because I think he could be a true star. Um, and, and I think that he comes in at a nice time where he doesn't need to be slingshot to the very top right now. He can no, kind of. I think he's, there's some
0: other things that he can do. Um, you know, again, th- their mid card is a little tough right now on NXT. They have a bit of a tough mid card because if we're assuming they're about to lose Finn Balor, um, it does leave, you, you sort of have the scenario where if Bobby, you, you assume Bobby is coming, coming in. in. And so yeah, Bobby Roode. It sounds
2: like they're probably going to do Joe and Nakamura in Brooklyn. I mean, that would make all the sense yes, in the exactly. world.
0: So then you have Bobby Roode, you have Austin Aries, and then you would have you know CN sort of into that group, and you'd have to come up with something from there. I, I still love Ty Dillinger. I think he's great. I think his character works. The question becomes, does it work in front of a 20,000-seat arena? Neville worked, too, It hasn't worked in, on the main card.
2: See, again, I just think that the, the difference no, is the easy thing to chant. Statement. Neville only didn't work on the main
3: card because he got hurt, and then before he got hurt, he was Well, yeah, I, I think that they didn't do He had some around. of the
2: greatest matches. Uh, this on, isn't about him. He, he
3: was more over during that time period when he was wrestling with John Cena than a lot of guys I, on I, I card. think the
2: chant is the big difference. That simple chant can do the world for a guy, and I think that, you know, you throw them up there and you have a guy that you could go, you could chant 10 the entire match. Oh, yeah, no, I'm so
0: in on this. That's true. I think that helps a lot. I I would agree with that. It's
2: so funny going back looking a year ago and thinking that um, Jason Jordan and Ty Dillinger was the tag team they just couldn't figure out what to do with. Like they thought, you know, here's <laughs> so two good, talented right? guys, but they don't quite work together and we don't really know what to do with them. And now they're just like the two most talented guys, the guys who you just, most want to see on so that good. roster.
1: They are really,
0: really good, man. There's no doubt about that. Um, look, obviously Nakamura, look, Nakamura Aries wasn't Nakamura Zane because nothing can be Nakamura Zane. Like it's a moment that we'll remember for the rest of our lives and we'll be grateful that we were ever able to see that. And you guys are dicks and got to but see it But it was a
3: lot closer than people are giving it credit.
0: I, it was a very good match. It was, it was a, fantastic. It was a very good match. No doubt about that.
3: I was watching it with Brent and uh, Brent Grimes, as you like to always I, say. Again, remember, teammate, not everybody knows team everything team about what you're doing. Yes, thank you. So Brent Grimes, my teammate on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, we were watching, and uh, we were watching the matches he watched all NXT with me, and he was like, oh, yeah, I like this guy. He said he, re- he really likes Nakamura because he knees the shit out of people. That's the first reason. And the second reason is he seems like he's drunk.
2: <laughs> so I can't remember who it was, but someone was like, Nakamura has set the record for most uh, time doing physical activity while looking like he's hung over.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean it's hard to argue with any of that.
2: I mean Nakamura, it's, it's, it's I, he's I, great. I I, he's I, great. I realized it. I think I realized it last year when I took uh, my girlfriend up to Philly and she got into Nakamura. I was yeah. like, oh, this is going to appeal to everybody.
0: Oh, it's just <laughs> he's just so wonderful, man. Like he's, he's a superstar. Correct. He's he's everything. You know, and that's the thing. The question becomes: I
3: kind of want him not to be facing Joe at NXT Takeover Brooklyn because I don't want him you want him to, face- to lose and i also oh. don't want him to be the nxt champion so you can be on smackdown yeah. or raw
0: right yeah right no i look it, when you when you throw out uh, again he's facing um uh cena in hawaii right like
2: you, you just start and apparently owens in japan
0: he's facing owens in japan That's so the- who's lesnar facing in japan
2: uh let me I mean, it, it. maybe now
0: that's not happening i didn't even think about that this is kind of a a wrench in the whole deal right like, like when when were those when were those matches they're at the end of June, right? I don't know if your boy Brock Lesnar is going to be able to go over to Hawaii and Japan and and wrestle uh, just before he's got a fight against Mark Hunt. I would think that that probably has been screwed up a little bit. Yeah,
2: that might have been screwed Hold on. Let me, let me pull up. Okay, so here we go. We have – um yeah, here we go. Tokyo Sumo Hall uh, – the fa- uh, title match, Fatal 4-Way, Reigns, Rollins, Wyatt, and Jericho. Okay. No one's going to yeah. complain about that. Yeah. John Cena, AJ Styles, Shinsuke Nakamura, Kevin Owens, Charlotte, Becky Lynch, Asuka, Natalya. Um, right. So this is, okay, but and did they, do we
0: know officially, what, what's the date on that? That's
2: July 2nd.
0: Okay. And the Hawaii stuff was supposed to be right before that, correct? I believe so. And yes. that was supposed to be Lesnar, Owens, and, and oh, Cena. Oh, and uh,
2: the night before Nakamura, Bray Wyatt. Yeah, oh that's wonderful. Yes, I know. oh
0: that's wonderful. It's a shame that it's not all going to be on the network. Um, I guess, I guess they have. It to... will be
3: eventually. It will all be. This is these are all WrestleMania matches. We'll see in the next two. Three.
0: Oh, there's no doubt about that. They're that good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, look, I'm all for Nakamura Joe because it it feels big. It just feels well, and they're
2: and they're going to just and oh my beat god, that's the that Buster from second rope. Yeah, they're just going to beat the crap out. Oh, of they're, each other. yeah, they're. It, this is you. going to be like. Uh, there was just some very – basically every match that uh, Joe's ever had against a Japanese – like uh, the Joe Kabashi series mm-hmm. where they just beat the crap out of each other for an hour. That's what I expect to see in Brooklyn. Oh, no doubt.
0: And it'll be wonderful. Um, I think that, that there's a couple of big question marks for me to come out of this. One is if we're all in agreement, Finn Balor is headed to the main roster.
2: I do wonder, the the ending made me wonder if he might stick around for a little yeah, bit just to wrap know. up. Because normally, a guy of that caliber, when he he's didn't gone like, up...
0: I don't think he looked like a guy that's going to be on Raw on Monday. No, no, no. no. Yeah, I don't I, think I so.
2: Think he, I think he could be drafted, but I think show up to the next series of NXT tapings because... You know, you think about Sasha, you think about Sammy, you think about some mm-hmm. of these other guys. They've all gotten, you know, the big standing ovation, the thank yous, mm-hmm. and we didn't get that with Finn. Here's my question about Finn. You could also have. Oh my
3: God! I just had the greatest idea I've ever had in the history of my life ever. Mm,
0: okay. Go ahead.
3: One of the ne- the undercard, one of the undercard matches at NXT Takeover Brooklyn, Finn Balor versus Bobby Roode.
2: What mean? I,
0: Jesus Christ, I don't know how that's an undercard match, right? Like, good is, Lord. is that an undercard? Or is it? Yeah, it sounds like... By a, the way,
2: do, do you like what they? I, I personally love what they've been doing with Reed, where they showed him, you know, showed him in the crowd, they showed him in the background. I,
0: I think um you haven't needed him the last... And you're about to need him. So I think it works out well that you've done this. You've sort of teased it. It's there. You know what I mean? You're not really addressing it at all. He's
2: just there. Other than you're saying that... I loved that uh, Graves' reaction. Bobby... Right, right. Like he was just everybody right there. Um, yeah, Let me let me throw out
0: two things here. One, are you purposely avoiding Finn Nakamura? Like, are you saving that because Finn Nakamura is is, is WrestleMania the and, title right.
3: at WrestleMania?
0: Is is that the plan? Because if you want Finn to have one more match, to me, it's the one thing that you haven't accomplished is Finn Nakamura, and. Holy shit! Right now, I get it. In the process, you know, what are you doing with Samoa Joe? Is Joe facing Austin Aries? You know, what are you doing exactly there? But you are you purposely holding it off because because in the past they've had no problem saying we're going to do it here and then do it again at the next level because still we know the majority of people will not have seen it at that point and it will be just as special to see him at that point because I would make an argument that if 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 you're doing one more with Finn, it should be Ballard Nakamura and should just be this, oh, my God, thank God we're alive moment at, at, at Brooklyn.
3: I would disagree to that just because I think that Finn Nakamura at WrestleMania is a match that if you get it, uh, it's like it's like Triple H is like, OK, here's this match. Now shut the fuck up and take whatever else we get. Yeah. You.
2: Yeah, I hear you. That it's so it's so special. Yeah, yeah you can't yeah. complain about WrestleMania. No, um I completely get that. You know, I almost wonder. You know, it feels to me that they're kind of rushing Nakamura, bit. not not in a bad way. But they kind of know, like we are. <laughs> they we have are, to. Yeah. But no, no. But that that's my point. Is that and that's why we might not be getting it because you know eventually we're going to get it on the next level. And you need to hit these spots. You need to hit the big. You know, the big intro. Here's your big profile match. Okay, you get the NXT title, and then you're. Title match, not necessarily the title, and then you're gone. I think they might just be going boom, 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 okay.
1: Alright. And I we mean, don't,
2: we don't have time for Finn Balor all right, on I, that I, tour. <laughs> I mean, I'm you just saying. You don't have time for Finn Balor. <laughs> I'm just saying, if, 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 I don't think,
0: I think if you're doing it, the reason why you're doing it is what AJ's talking about. I don't think the reason can possibly be because you don't have time. You're nuts. You create time. You, you create your own special for that match.
1: To <laughs> yeah, just, you at, just want,
2: throw in a new takeover.
3: Yeah. Yeah. If you want that match, you do create time. For
0: it. Yes. Now,
3: if I think that that's why I'm saying I don't think that they
0: right. If you're purposely just holding it because you want the first time we ever see it to be at WrestleMania next year, okay, that's fine. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm all for that. You're, you know, you're hoping that a lot of things fall in line between now and then, but I'm all for it. guess my other question because
3: Nakamura is the number one star of NXT currently, and if that pains me to say that as a Finn Balor fan, but if I had to pick one, they were like, all right, for the next year, Finn included, who do you think? If they were going to say every, anybody can be on NXT for a year, who would you want to be based on how they are right now? It would be Nakamura. Right.
0: I just I need more of that in my life. I mean i I can get I can get drunk on Nakamura. You know, good thing he's drunk too. Um, <laughs> can Finn be? What is he at the next level? I guess is my, my other question.
2: What the fourth member of the bullet club? He can be that do you want it to be that?
0: And that is that is part of my question like does that yeah. in a
2: way but does it in a way neuter do, does what that he mean might... you have to because that means hypo well not hypothetically, but generally when something like this happens where you have two singles guys and a tag team, one of the singles guys is higher than the other, like just by default. Mm-hmm. You, um, you one know. of
0: them is fighting for the title, the other is fighting, fighting for
2: a mid-card. Correct. Do you want to put... You it... don't, but the thing is you don't necessarily have to do You don't that. have to, but... It's... Because you
3: can put it US and Intercontinental.
2: You can. You could. You can. You, can. you absolutely I mean, can. One do of your problems
0: right now is that AJ Styles is fighting John Cena, so... You know, I mean,
2: and, and that's just, and, and, and I think you can, but you have. To I understand,
0: short. but he was, as we always keep talking about, he's 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 bigger. He's than bigger him. than that. He's that part of the card. If if,
2: if AJ Styles is facing John Cena in a non-title match, and Finn Balor is facing Rusev for the U.S. Mm-hmm. title, AJ Styles is inherently higher. Up, you know, is in, is inherently higher up there. Which isn't the end
0: of the world. No, by the way, the he's en- AJ Styles. Yes,
2: yeah. and and that's the thing. i my concern would be that someone gets overshadowed there. Which doesn't necessarily cause you could have an overthrowing there at Correct. some point. Right. Not necessarily a bad thing. You just have to that be careful. Neither about
3: one it. of them is going to get overshadowed. Because We're talking about A.J. Styles and Finn Balor.
0: I hear you. I, the only thing I would I would say is do you want Finn Balor every time he comes out on T V to be coming out to to you know the club's music or to be coming out to Finn Balor's music? And
2: if he's part of the club, does that kill and the demon for a time?
0: That's another question that I have. Absolutely, I think that would, I think
2: that might be good. And, and yeah, and I agree. Actually, people were saying, "Oh, you know, he should show up the first time, come out with the demon." No, she should not. I think that sends the wrong picture of who Finn Balor is. I think that Finn Balor, when you You have...
0: introduce the demon, as you get to know Finn Balor's character, right, right. I understand what you're saying. I, I would. So still...
2: I think you wait for the demon until his first WrestleMania match.
0: I mean, I don't know if you wait that long for the demon. I think the demon. I think that you do.
3: <laughs> 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 I, at least his first match. <laughs>
0: Well, if you say it that
1: way, I mean, because,
3: I... no, no, because I mean, realistically, if you're thinking about it, if he's coming up, let's say his first pay per view up is SummerSlam, right? Like, do you don't want to do it at a no, very pay-per-view. quick? I
0: understand what you're saying about that.
3: Okay, I... and then okay, so after that, what's going to be his next big match potentially? Like oh, you could say Royal Rumble, hell in a cell if him,
0: you right. Nick correctly. One him in the
2: Royal but, Rumble?
1: Yeah,
0: I get it. I, okay, I get exactly what you're saying. I guess my point would be then you've got to do a hell of a job of teasing the demon for the next. The, you, you have to tease it, and you have to and you have to rebrand his it, merchandise if nothing else
3: also uh, also that 's why i 'm saying I think it would be good for him to join the club because it would make it easier for that to happen okay,
0: my argument would be
3: and also let's not let 's not forget the oh so not subtle. Black and white only demon Oh
2: also, yeah, 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 yeah. That that was what he was in his last match for the Bullet Club out in Japan. That's mm-hmm. basically the paint that he wore. Was the black and white paint? It wasn't the exact I same design. You. But I hear
0: you. This yeah. is the only other argument I'll make. I think part of what can help Finn Balor get over early is his entrance and his music. His music in particular, because as Aaron just pointed out about Ty Dillinger, people are really stupid, and we really cling to things that we can. We can crowd participation, right? And Finn Balor, by the way, how... Yeah, cool, but he, how he doesn't
3: have to show up as a member of the Bully Club, like, off-jump.
0: Okay. okay. But, I mean, AJ
3: Styles didn't.
0: No, that's true. You're saying that well, he could have an introduction. Yeah, I, it's tricky. It's tricky. I just yeah, think but that,
3: even when the club got here, it was two months. It was a month and a half before he joined.
0: I, I would say this. At SummerSlam, I think you need to have a Finn Balor entrance. That's my... At yes, SummerSlam, I, I think you that. need to have Finn Balor, the music, the crowd...
2: Uh, the whole thing, and, you know. And, what I mean? and to be fair, right now, you know, there isn't a club entrance. It is the Anderson and Gallows entrance, and then and AJ's, the AJ's entrance, a,
0: and that's what they've been. Yeah, but we also haven't really seen.
2: Right. We uh, we assume that, right. you know, when it gets to a big moment, they Correct. will have a full.
0: Correct. That is my assumption as well. By the way, we didn't even mention fucking, the crowd singing along to the Nakamura's theme was <laughs> oh, so, so wonderful. It was good the
2: first. I, the, like the nope. first time they did it. I, nope. I don't know. They could have no, done it
0: ever. Nope, <laughs> And you wrong. Ever. They could have kept doing it. It was beautiful. If they
3: did it the entire match, I would have been on
0: board. I'm so with you. It was just perfect. It was perfect. Um, Nia Jax looked great. I know, AJ, you were talking about that on Twitter. Uh, she looked great. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, she it,
3: is what we all, what, she is what Big Show was 15 years ago.
0: Might be longer than that at this point, by <laughs> the way. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, she, she was awesome. She, yeah. I mean, she really was awesome and, I I don't know where that leaves Bailey. Like it's really weird that they do the thing, the interaction of Bailey and Oscar, right?
2: Thinking, I is mean, is the Bailey injury legit? So... Is it? No, I, I, well, I, 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 no, I'm genuine. I'm I'm not sure. not sure. Like I've heard differing things, whether or not it might be like at least subtly legit. Okay, all right. Well, that would change a lot of things. And and it might just be simply that. They want to carry this to. They want to wait till, till Brooklyn, Brooklyn. Yeah. right? That that's you not. Know,
0: is, is there anything wrong with doing the third match between the two of them Brooklyn? Like that wouldn't have been the worst thing in the world. And I guess at this point the only problem is that, like. Yeah, I, there
2: I, is because if, if Bailey gets, Bailey would have to lose three times. Yeah, if Bailey's going to get her ass kicked over. Why and couldn't over? she have
0: lost one of them? Why or why couldn't she have won yesterday she or last have. night?
2: Because they, I don't think they want Oscar to lose right now. They, they don't, don't want her to lose at all. I, I, that, I mean, they I haven't mean, had her lose. <laughs> <literally laughs> yet. I know, but I think
0: she could come out. I think if you're working a program with Bailey, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. I, I don't you,
2: not, I don't think it would be the worst thing in the world, but at the same time, you know, they are bill- billing her as the buzzsaw. Mm, so remember, remember
3: how remember how Aaron talked about how it's like Rocky Three, the yeah. redemption she's building up. It doesn't really like if she like wins. wins and right? It yeah, it's and not the pass, yeah, same thing. Like,
0: I, I hear what you're saying. So the, then I would say the only problem with this then is that you create Nia Jax to look amazing, and then. Are you definitely giving her something good at 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 Brooklyn?
3: Yeah, I think you give her Carmella.
0: I don't know that that's. I just don't know that you're accomplishing. Th- does much that of fit? That. All, especially yeah. if
2: Bobby Roode is around by then. Does he? Does that even fit on the card? I just. It's the
0: only concern I have. Look, I hope I hope they do AJ. I hope they give her something great for Brooklyn. But that's my only concern. And they
3: could also they could also make a uh, find a way to make it a triple threat. They could.
0: Yeah. You know, but again, it hurts the, the Rocky 3 storyline that Aaron's talking well, about.
2: Well, but it. if they're not planning on not doing if, the Rocky- Not if, not if it, you have Nia Jax pin Bailey. I was gonna say, or, mm. and, and the thing, the thing is with their whole Rocky 3 thing, if it's supposed to be a redemption story, that means Bailey's gonna win. If we're assuming right. Bailey's not the winning, car, here, then, then win, there's right? no Rocky no, 3 story fair. anyways, that's and you can, a well, you can have the triple threat. That's
0: fair, no works. Well,
3: you could have the Rocky 3 story, just like the build up to it, and then just like,
0: she doesn't win. <laughs> <laughs> Saddest movie <Yeah. groovy> ever. <laughs> All right. Anything else from
2: uh from Takeover? Uh, Moose was backstage. I'm excited oh, about
3: that. Yeah. Oh Moose, yeah. Moose was backstage and he Hold tweeted. On, at- gonna, I want you guys to hear a genuine reaction. Yo, so Brent, they they just told me right now that backstage at the NXT show that we were just watching was Moose Quinagenica.
0: <laughs> I don't hope that I don't know if that'll play over the air, but that sounded good. that was really great. Yeah,
3: his exact reaction was, "Oh, yeah, yeah." yeah, yeah. yeah he tweeted yeah. out
0: that he'll always remember Ring of Honor fondly.
2: Yep, awfully interesting. I mean, we know that w- when we talked to him last year, that he no said doubt. that WWE had no reached out to him. Doubt. We know that they would fall in love with him because no what's there not to fall in love doubt. with? All right, um, let's grab a
3: break. For we... those of you guys that don't know, because because Glenn always likes to say, my, I do. this is my teammate, Brent Grimes. <laughs> and and he played with Moose
2: in Atlanta. Wait, I, I, oh, get, I forgot about that. For the, yeah, the Atlanta Falcons, yeah, the, football for, the, the football team. The football team in Atlanta, the, fo- the Falcons, football team yeah. The Georgia wait, wait, can, can you get him on the, the mic real sure. quick? I, I want to get his take on uh, TakeOver. I just want to hear what he had to say about it. Brent, come here for a second. <laughs> they want
3: to ask? Yeah, just.
2: Brent, what?
3: Hold on, hold on, hold on. all right.
0: Oh, first, you know, AJ, do me a favor, before you do that, introduce, uh, uh Brent, because he, some people might not know who he is. This
3: is Brent Grimes. He's, yeah. a, he's a, you know, a defensive back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't know if you heard that. <laughs> uh, and I believe a four-time pro bowler, correct? And, uh, he's a baller, just in general. He's one of the most athletic people I've ever seen in my life. And he lives in he-
0: Sheamus' house. And he currently lives in Seamus' house, that yeah, is correct. Yeah, all those things are Hold true. Well, I'm gonna give him the
3: headphones and he's gonna answer questions. Hold okay,
2: alright. So he here, Brent? Yeah. What's, uh, up? what's, what's up, up, man? Dude? Yo, was, uh, so this was your first time seeing Nakamura?
6: Is that right? Is that what AJ was saying? Yeah, I mean, only time, like I watched wrestling whenever I'm with AJ. Obviously he's a big yeah, wrestler fan. Correct. If he's a if he's doing a wrestling podcast, but I, I check out a lot of wrestling now since I, uh, be chilling with him a lot. So, so what, what'd you think of TakeOver? what did you think of just all of it in general? Oh, it was cool. You know, I'm not, uh, a huge wrestling fan, but I watch it and I, I like to be entertained and it was entertaining. It was uh, a lot of good characters on there doing cool stuff. And it was, um, it was fun to watch. Okay. Now let's ask the important
0: question. How, how difficult is it to live with AJ? Like on a scale of 10 to 10? <laughs> how tough uh-huh. is it to live with aj on a day to day basis? i mean he's it's just got to be the worst right
6: no nah, for me it's cool uh-huh. like oh. saying stuff he yeah. likes playing fifa so that's a that's all a big right. plus for me.
0: all right fair enough <laughs> um uh, you you're not a wrestling person at all but you are like are you now at the point where like if aj said hey we're going to go up we're going to check out nxt would you go with him
6: um yeah i've been to like i had a like he just brought up um my friend uh, moose yeah i used to go i was with him when he was just starting so i went to wrestling and like you know to like the beginning yeah correct yeah, like yeah. In, in in the bingo hall yeah we get yeah, the high I school gym so I, i've seen uh all, all level. and i've been to a wrestlemania before so uh, I mean, when did you go to which probably WrestleMania the one in alana right no the one in in Miami. Oh okay. oh, okay, yeah, sure. All right, very. I cool. think The Rock was the main event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rock and Cena. Undertaker absolutely. was there. I was a huge Undertaker fan growing up, so that was a that was cool for me.
0: Would you mind just as a huge favor, could you say, "I'm Brent Grimes from the Tampa Bay <laughs> Buccaneers. I play cornerback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers."
6: I am Brent Grimes. And I play for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for National Football League.
0: Hey, Brent, thank you, man. We got you're, a drop now. You're a great sport, dude. Thank you for doing that. No problem. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> we just got to make sure we introduce
1: him. For those, for,
3: those, for those of you guys that don't know, that was Brent Grimes. The the ten, Bay Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Buccaneers. Yeah. National football league. Just just because Glenn always gets on me when I say Brent. Wait, did he? Where did
0: he play in college, by the way? <laughs> He went to Shippensburg University. Yeah, right. the ship. The ship. Yeah, the ship. There you go. That was Brent Grimes, who was just. Uh, of the Tampa Bay the... Buccaneers.
1: <laughs>
0: Defensive back of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. All right. All right. When we come back in, we got a top five this week. Also, um, there, there are a couple of things, just some housekeeping things I want to do. Um, uh, we want, th- I want to talk about Cody, just because I just realized something, and I'll talk about it when we come back in, okay? Um, I'm Glenn. That's Aaron, and that's.
5: The main event.
0: A.J. Francis, this is Jobbing Out.
5: Hi, this is Jake the Snake Smith from Baltimore Boxing. Our next event is going to be June 16th at Michael's 8th Avenue. I sure hope you guys can check it out. The last bouts were incredible, and these are going to be even better. For tickets, please go to BaltimoreBoxing.com. That's BaltimoreBoxing.com. Get your tickets right away. If you want good seats, VIP is where to be. VIP tables of 10 are $500 or $50 a seat. Ringside reserve seats are $35 or $350 a table. General missions are $25, but we run out of them fast. So if you want them, go to BaltimoreBoxing.com. For those about to rock, Thursday, June 16th at Michaels 8th Avenue in Glen Burnie. Baltimore's best boxing. Go to BaltimoreBoxing.com for tickets. <laughs>
0: Back in here, third and final segment of these Jobbing Out, Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster, and of course, A.J. Francis of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, So, you guys, uh, we didn't talk last week, because I I guess the news came out after we taped the show, Uh, Cody Rhodes is coming to our neck of the woods. He is coming to Joppa for the next Evolve show, which is what's that i'm just like oh yeah we're gonna go that. a thousand yeah. percent we're gonna go unfortunately uh aj's got a job and won't be around uh, too bad dick
3: what a loser <laughs>
0: yeah um you know what's funny about that you said it. <laughs> it, it, it it evolve is basically wwe jr at this point it's the machine that's what ec3 said right it's part like, of the machine and here's cody rhodes running away from wwe and where's the first <laughs> place that he goes it's WWE Jr.
2: Hey, he's just crossing off all those checklists. I hear he's you, got Angle and Bennett up in Northeast and he'll probably just, get Hero at Evolve here in uh, Joppa. And then already got Battle of Los Angeles as well. It's just it all. was
0: just a little interesting to me. Uh, locally, we've got this weekend uh, Maryland, uh, the final Maryland championship wrestling event ever before they re- become MCW wrestling moving forward. So Maryland Championship Wrestling and uh, our buddy uh, John Minidakis, Johnny Crabcakes. I, I think
3: that's. I, I don't know why. Like I'm sure they have a great promotion and it's going to be awesome. And I like the guys that work there and they got a lot of good wrestlers. But I think that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Why? Are we gonna Are we gonna pretend that MCW doesn't
0: stand for Maryland Championship yeah, Wrestling? They anymore? are essentially. That's exactly what they're going to do. <laughs> they're just going to pretend that. Yeah, because they want to go. That, Cause they want to run shows in Delaware and they want to run shows in Yeah, that's fine. You, hey, I don't
3: know if you know this or not, but the University of Michigan practiced in Florida. It's absolutely
2: insane.
0: And I, New Jersey, apparently. It is. And in Baltimore, frankly. They were here, uh, Jamar bow was here this week wearing a, a, Cal Ripken jersey. It's
2: branding. It's, it's just one of those things. I don't things. get that, but it's, it's just so foolish to be. I just
3: personally. don't care. Right, this is, I, see, it I'm going to do the thing that you did. It doesn't matter. Yeah, right? I just it, don't, I don't, don't. Here don't you are think. getting all
0: worked up about it. You're screaming your larynx off and I just don't care.
3: No, I don't care at all either. I'm, it, I just think it's funny because now everyone's going to say, MCW, what's that stand for?
0: Yeah, all right. I, I understand what you're saying. But that's this uh, Friday night. I'm going to be there. Uh, you, uh, you're not going, are you? Uh, I have to work. Nah, it's, that sucks. I'm going to be there uh, to, because I want to see Damien Sandow because I love Damien Sandow. So I am uh, looking forward to that on Friday night. If you're there, if you're going, uh, let me know, and um, I'll let you buy me a beer at that crappy bar across the street. Um, also, there was one other thing I wanted to reference. and Oh, uh, Slammiversary is this weekend. What do we need to know about Slammiversary?
2: Uh, we, we can, uh, it'll wrap up that ridiculous Jeff Hardy, Matt Hardy. Feed. Yeah, that is
0: true. <laughs> it's been awkward. Oh, the man. Brother Nero. Yeah, it's so weird. The whole thing is so weird. The, uh, title match is Galloway and Lashley. Should be fun. I think that sounds like it would probably be quite a good match to me. Marcus I, Louis I, and
2: Sylvester LaForda, or whatever their new names are, are having, I think it might be their first TNA matches. I'm not exactly sure, with Al Snow in their corner. Okay. Um, that ah. that was one of the things that jumped out at me. You know, it's TNA. Man, that is harsh. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's slam
0: It's their big, it's just the granddaddy of them all. Wow. More like the, more
3: like the great, 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 <laughs> Great,
2: great, great, Man. great! I, guys, I was, great, I was excited. You guys are hard. Back in February, Mike Bennett great, is wrestling Ethan great, Carter III. Yeah, Mike That's Bennett and Ethan III is going to be cool. Great,
5: like I was great, excited about TNA, great, uh,
2: great winter, great, and, great, <laughs> and spring, and great, it's just fallen apart with the whole. The Hardy thing has catch caught has pall over it. <laughs> He's still I know. He's still there. I, I, I think it's a good bit. You know. Great, oh, great,
1: God, you
0: guys, great. Great. You guys, DJ Z and Eddie Edwards in the same match? Great, great, great. Come on. You guys are being jerks. There's a lot, there's a lot to like on this card. You guys suck.
3: Great. right, moving on! Great granddaddy of them all. (laughs) Hey, hey. Anyone who counts those greats, I will send you a signed (laughs) picture of myself. I I was
0: hoping you're gonna send something signed from Seamus's house. Just pick something (laughs) at random, sign it, and, and send it in. Uh All right, um, Anyway. but no, those,
3: there are some good matches on that card. No, there are. You the fact just... that you called it the granddaddy of them all—I was, just... was doing shtick, you
0: dick. I know, I know you
3: were, but at the same time, it was just such a disrespectful statement. So <laughs> <laughs> I, had to, I had to make sure we put that
0: there, You know what their tagline there. is? It's the live global sizzling summer spectacular, and I thought take over the end was clunky. <laughs> the live. Global Sizzling Summer Spectacular. I guarantee you couldn't say that five times fast. I couldn't fast, say it right two times fast. I don't think I could say it once. Li- the live Global Sizzling Summer Spectacular. The live Global Sizzling Summer Spectacular. God damn it. <laughs> I was <laughs> couldn't right. Couldn't say it twice. Couldn't say it twice. All right, let's get into this week's top five. Um, this week's top five is in honor of a podcast. We're not going to
3: discuss raw at all. What do you want to say? That the New Day's awesome. Okay, I agree with <laughs> that.
0: Anything else that you'd like to say? Teddy, Teddy Long is awesome. And Teddy Long is fucking the best. I do love Teddy Long. I do love
5: Teddy Long. The, the, bit,
3: the bit where they had him come out at the beginning <laughs> and and say that he
2: was going to put them in all these different types of matches.
3: And didn't, didn't say. say the tag I, know, team yeah, match, I know.
2: I popped well,
0: for
1: that.
2: I, I think the one thing that's worth discussing is apparently Shane and Stephanie are going to be fighting over the rights to run. Yeah, so that was that, a little clunky. Right, we, we, we thought that it would be the other way probably, but...
0: I, yeah. I, I don't, like, was she trying to say they're going to be fighting to run both? Was that what no, she No, no, was... no, no.
2: She wants to run SmackDown is what she
0: said. I know, but, like, I feel like that. Yeah, she literally said she I understand to... that, but I think that that was poorly worded.
2: No, I, I think she wants to run SmackDown. She wants to be the one, you know, bring this new brand up.
0: I, I, I hear you, but then she's got to I sell think, that better I think, in the coming I weeks.
2: I think she's.
3: She's gonna, she, I think she sold, no, she definitely said she wanted to run SmackDown. I understand. I, I know what she said. Well, what I'm saying is, I think that that whole moment right there solidified in my mind that Shane will be running SmackDown.
0: Okay, that might be true because that would make more sense. Especially if, she if wants it's going
2: to it, be yeah. the new era. The new SmackDown, era of then, SmackDown. Yeah.
0: My, my point simply being that they need to they need to lay that sort of need to lay the tracks for that then because what it sounds like is I want to run SmackDown and then Shane would say okay great I'll run Raw no problems problem solved right like um, unless they're making
2: they, out running SmackDown to be more they, important than they ha, Raw
0: then they have to you know do that work do yeah. obviously they have to do that work because in the meantime it just smells like all right by all means have SmackDown <laughs> like uh, enjoy it I'll I'll enjoy I'll run one show you can run the other show oh you rather have Raw great I'll take some, you know what I mean like it just it's it it lacks sort of the necessary. Um, contention that you would want in that situation. Anything else from Raw that we need to touch on? They're still running the Primo Epico thing. (laughs) They're still doing it.
3: Oh, you mean after the dirt sheet said Vince gave up on it? It's yeah. Well. I mean, he hasn't been they
2: haven't been
0: in they the ring they, since then. They got a match and then they just sort of didn't get any more matches. <laughs> right. So they might
2: have given up on him and they're just like They just they keep <laughs> run. I don't know, really know what they're doing. I, I I think it just goes to my point that Puerto Rico is paying for this. The yeah, they're buying Rico tourism. Advertising. They're just buying advertising. This is how they're doing it. It's very
0: effective advertising.
2: Puerto Rico seems great. I kind, great. kind, great. Of, kind yeah. of want to go to Puerto Rico. I love to go to Puerto Rico. Was there anything else someone I got it was it, it was fine. It, it was. Yeah, it, it was, was fine. I agree with that. Yeah. it was fine. Oh, I mean, Other if you want yeah. the, the AJ Styles promo, that was you know the whole Barry thing. Yeah, I hated it. Did you? Not,
3: not the fact. I mean, it was a cool promo. It's like, it's like I feel like they tried too hard to like use the words that people on the internet would have liked to hear him say. You get what I'm saying? Like okay. He was like, he was like, guys like you bury guys like me. Well, that then you're implying that you're intentionally about to lose so that he can go on to better things and you cannot.
2: Interesting. Interesting. I thought it was, I'm kind of with AJ on this one. I didn't hate it quite as much, but any time that you're going to, you know, it screamed of Vince Russo, where it's just like, oh, let's throw out these dirt sheet, you know, these little words and make, and they did, the internet freak out about Um, it. mm -hmm. And uh, just kind of do that. I've always, I thought it, it balanced it. It was all. It was close. Yeah, no, no, no. It wasn't
3: terrible by any means. I just thought it was kind of lame.
2: Um,
0: boy, I think it's tough. I think it's a tough line to walk because they're forcing Cena to stay. So Cena, y By the way, that. Cena, oh, by New- the way,
3: I dare you to say Cena's promo wasn't fantastic, by uh, the way, I, I the entire
0: time. I don't think it was fantastic. I think it was I very... You. I think it was Cena-esque. I, I think, think it so smelled much. like every other John Cena promo that I've ever heard in my life. Not quite as bad it's as the one last week. It's not his fault,
3: that he has a lot of great promos. I, I think
2: here's, here's the thing with Cena.
0: How and, many and times we,
3: have you heard The Rocks call someone a Rudy Poo KBS and, and I, finish it by saying you smell what The Rock is cooking? It stills great. Eh, it's I,
2: a little I, I bit think different. That, I think that what we saw with that Cena promo was was classy and that the mechanics of the promo was... Fantastic. No one has that sort of crowd control. That Cena. He, he might have the best grasp on the crowd than anyone in wrestling history. I, I don't think it's a reach uh, to
0: say that. I, I, this is another thing i am worried about. They, I think, are going to get too cozy with the idea that they can make this Cena, New Day thing work. And they're going to walk into a city that isn't Oklahoma City. They're going to walk into another city and they're going to find out that it, it, you, whatever work you think you've done, it, it can work in the Midwest. It's not going to transpire the same way. Even if, whatever you want to say, say it's the crowd's fault, they're dicks, I don't care. The, the first time you go back to a Philadelphia, New York, or Chicago, anything like that, you're going to find out that they're not just in line with John Cena and the New Day work, working together uh, in lockstep. We're, we're not, it's not going to work in those places. Now, if they. I disagree.
3: The New Day is going to get cheered everywhere they
0: the go. The New Day is, correct. A thousand percent they're going to get cheered. John Cena has lived in that the last couple of weeks because they've been in. Green Bay, and they've been in Oklahoma City.
2: You're talking about that exact same, you know, the play out where he comes out and he stands with the New Day. At the One end. thing I hate, I hate, is the notion
0: that John Cena has to save the New Day. The New Day is in every way more dominant than John Cena, and should never, yeah, in any world, they, need Don, John that, Cena. But
3: I think I think you're pushing that a little too far. It was three on two. That's just that's pure wrestling numbers.
0: Uh, that's fine. That's 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 what happened. Not just fine. Wait a second.
3: Xavier Rhodes was gone. <laughs> Xavier
2: Woods. <David>
0: Woods yeah. <laughs> Xavier Woods, yeah. Yeah, Minnesota. yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, <laughs> Xavier Rhodes, is. I mean, he is gone, but he's done a nice job in Minnesota, so we're good.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, he had been broke, whatever, the wrist injury or whatever, so. I, I understand. Yeah, no, I, I know the, what you're saying. The
0: New Day. The New Day. The unbeatable champions. The New Day. They cannot... Become John Cena's sidekicks. That is horrendous,
5: and I don't it is. Think a, they
0: are. It, it was a really fun. It. They were awfully capitulant. Is that the right form of that word? They were awfully. They were just
3: on the same team because it
0: was and and genuflecting to John Cena, making it very clear. Ooh,
2: I like that word.
0: John Cena was the star. The New Day were the other guys that were in the ring with John Cena.
3: I don't know if you know this or not, and I'm the biggest New Day mark in the world. Mm-hmm. But when New Day's in the ring with John Cena, they are just the other
0: guys. This is the problem.
3: They shouldn't be. Not,
0: a, that's the problem. They're the New Day. But they're the not, most important me, thing but, on the card for the last six months. No, no, but
3: that's me. That's I'm wrecking. John Cena. They don't put is, them in the ring. To, that's no, my point. One guy. He's the one guy that can actually change ratings. New Day doesn't change ratings. So how can you say that they deserve to
0: be? At the level of John Cena. I'm not saying that. I'm saying keep them away from each other. There's plenty of guys that can fill that role and be John Cena sycophants.
3: You gotta make, so you're saying they have to find a way to make sure that the New Day can feud with Gallows and Anderson. Again, AJ, I wouldn't have done it. I wouldn't have done, I would, I would. Feuding with AJ Styles, but they can never cross paths.
0: No, no, no. You, you, you see, you're going down this road. You're saying they, they put themselves in this situation. It's wrong. If this was always the way it was going to work out, they should have never. They should have separated these two entities. The New Day can't be John Cena's butt buddies. That it ruins everything you've done. It's pointless at this point. And by the way, I've always been worried that it was going to end up that way. I've always been worried about that. How many times have we said the New Day should be at a more important part of the card, and yet it still hasn't happened? I don't and, know
3: if you noticed or not, but John Cena always on the most important part of the card. Yeah,
0: are they in this, Is it going to be a match? Is it going to be the New Day and John Cena against the Club? Because if it is, no, I'll hear it. You. Exactly. No, I won't. Exactly right.
3: This... So then why are you so worked up over what happened the last five minutes of one Raw?
0: Because this is what they do. Because this is the way it works. John Cena is the barrier of everything. This is the way it goes. The New Day doesn't recover from this because they're, they are his sidekicks. They're not the New Day anymore. They're the guys that are running out there with John Cena. This is the way it's operated in the WWE for the last five, ten, however long it's been years. Th- this is a really bad line to walk with the New Day. The New Day feuding against John Cena is a great thing. Works for everybody. The New Day suddenly becoming the sidekicks to John Cena doesn't work. It's you're, you're, No one's you're ever...
3: Like, you're like one of those people who... C says the prevent defense prevents you from winning. I've never like, said that Not because once. because it ha because like every once in a while it gives up a touchdown. Yeah, you I've, lose. but I've literally but never said it. it. No, but I'm just saying I'm using that as an example. If you would shut up and let me finish, I'm like, dude. <laughs> it, and then they forget all the other times where it did happen. How about the fact that the Usos got hotter than they ever did after they were alongside John Cena? No, they didn't. Yes, they did. They no, start, they did Yes, they did. They got one of their main championship runs and started to face the Wyatts and got in that feud and won that feud while, while facing, while after coming out of it with John Cena. But they, they Cena. were in the
0: tag title picture where they already were. But John
3: Cena was feuding with Bray Wyatt.
0: Right.
2: And they were feuding with the Wyatt family.
0: Right. And so they worked together. But they and were. Then they came out even But higher.
2: the Usos, the, he's saying that the Usos were never the top act in the company being pushed down to this level. Right. The Usos got elevated because they were low. You can't elevate the New Day by pairing them with Cena because the New Day is already that high. So by putting them with him, you're running the risk of lowering the New Day. Yeah.
3: You really believe that the New Day is more important in wrestling today No, no one's saying they're more
2: important. But don't make them look like that. That's what you're saying.
0: You're you're now, instead of the the New Day existing as the New Day and being that important every time they come out, they now exist as sidekicks. C-Nation. Yeah. (laughs) As part of something that already exists, they don't need that. They based are based off of five. Based, based off, off of
3: five minutes of the last RAW you saw, in which they had two people that were there in the based off had three.
0: of everything I know about how life has worked with John Cena in the WWE. Okay. Based off of everything, so
3: based off of the last five minutes of RAW, just
0: making sure. Yeah, that you wanted, Are they going to divorce? If they divorce it completely on Monday, you know what I'll say next week? Thumbs up. Thumbs no, up. They, they
3: won't divorced. divorce it completely. They probably That's won't the problem. Divorce it. They probably won't divorce it completely until after SummerSlam when those feuds are no longer alive. And but when they do, it won't matter that they were joined together. It's not going to hurt the New Day at all. Oh, and it's I, damn sure it's not going to hurt I, John Cena. I
0: completely Cena. disagree that it's not going to hurt the New Day. Completely disagree. You want a, an immediate way. You want to keep – if you keep going down this road, you're going to immediately have people turn on the New Day because they're just with John Cena. That's it will not. happen. It That's won't be not. you. I understand it won't be you. No, it
3: won't be anyone.
0: No, you're nuts. Dude, you've watched wrestling. You know how this works. You align with John Cena. We don't like you anymore because we despise that guy.
3: Literally last week on this show, Aaron himself said the new the John Cena sucks chant is the new Kurt Angle chant where it's endearing. Like we respect him. We like him.
2: That's what he said
0: last week. And you still boo him every time he shows up somewhere that's not Oklahoma City.
2: I think that the just like you know when he was in the US title. You know, he w- he wasn't doing anything offensive. So people like, if it's a situation, if I'm not saying that it's going to happen, if it's a situation where all of a sudden the new day are subservient to John Cena, the booze start coming back a little yes. bit. Yes,
0: yes, and not the good booze, not the ones you're not trying to have them be heels. It's when you want them to be faces because you want John Cena desperately to be a face, and you're not. It doesn't work. And it's bad. It doesn't look good. It's not good for them. It doesn't get them closer to the main event. It doesn't get any of those guys closer to where they want to be unless you have one of them turn on him, which I would love and would be great. And I would love a scenario where you have Biggie or Kofi or somebody work a program with John Cena. I think that would be wonderful to have it go that way. But it doesn't help the New Day. The New Day don't come up. They don't get any benefit from this whatsoever. Just remember
3: you said all of this in a month when I tell you once again you're overreacting and then you pretend like you don't remember like you did on the
2: show
0: earlier Well, we can mark the time so we can go back and look at okay. it. Aaron, how far into this episode are we?
2: Oh, we're getting close to two hours. Okay, very good. <laughs> Let's
0: get to the top five. AJ, I'm pretty sure AJ has been right about everything. He's claimed himself to be right about everything he said on the show a month later.
3: I mean, I said it. It happened, and, and, you, and you pretend that it didn't happen.
1: I don't,
0: know. The I don't know if it exactly works out that way. All right, uh, this week's top five. So uh, Brian Gerwitz, former writer for WWE, went on uh, uh, Chris Jericho's podcast and was talking about wrestler's court. And it's sort of similar to kangaroo court in baseball. If you're familiar with kangaroo court in baseball – players would get together, they would be one of the veterans would be the judge, and they dish out fun fines for stupid things the players have done, mistakes they've made, stuff that may have happened during a game or may have happened when they went out to dinner or something along those lines. They hand out fines. It's a fun sort of camaraderie type of thing. It's something that you can do. When you're traveling together, when you're around each other a lot, it's a fun thing. I, for example, would like to hand out fines on this show. Unfortunately, AJ's got more money than we do. so Yeah, we would... can hand out fines, do <laughs> Yeah. It wouldn't That's work like out. Work Speaking
2: out of wrong. which, where's your goddamn Emma stuff? Hold on. I got yesterday at 5 o'clock, I got a, a notice that it shipped. So by next week... Son of a bitch. I, I will show you the notice if you want. Uh... Remember,
3: oh, let's go back to a couple weeks ago, two weeks ago on the show, when I said... Aaron, this better be up by Money in the Bank. And you said,
2: it'll definitely be up. Well, if, if, if it ships and arrives here, it'll be up by Money in the Bank. It better. It All right. better. Here, All right. See you right here. Shift. All right. So in, for this week's top five, I want to
0: create a scenario where you are in charge. You're the veteran that's been char- put in charge of wrestler's court. Anytime. This doesn't have to be right now. It could be anytime, right? Who would you have handed a fine out to for something that they have done? Again, we don't know everything that's happened backstage. We don't know all the – there's plenty of things. I'm just saying, for what you know, who would you have handed a fine out to? All right? Mm -hmm. AJ, you get to go first and last. Because I'm the main event.
2: Yeah, you're the main event.
5: Um,
0: I'm basically Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 30.
2: Maybe Brent Grimes should be the new main event. Oh, Brent Grimes from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? (laughs) Yes. Who plays cornerback? I've
1: never heard of him. (laughs) All right, number five. Who's who is that? What is
0: he? Are I right? believe he's a cornerback oh. who plays in the National Football League from uh, Shippensburg University.
3: Oh, uh, okay. Sounds familiar. Um, <laughs> so my number five, uh, I think it was one of the most egregious moments in the history of wrestling. I think that Mick Foley should be fined indubitably, strictly because how do you forget The Rock's birthday, man? Mm,
1: mm. <laughs> the Rock
3: is the, was the biggest name in wrestling at that time. Some people say Stone Cold. I think that you can kiss my ass. I'm gonna say the wrong.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: and he's the biggest wrestling superstar in the history of the business.
0: I mean it's true. It's true. How
3: do you forget that man's birthday? He's your tag team
0: partner. I also believe my if, if I'm not if I'm not incorrect, he brought the wrong teacher with him. He, he brought a wrong teacher. He yeah. brought a terrible ex girlfriend. He brought a shitty coach. And he had the wrong day! If I'm being honest, I do think that all of those things are fine worthy, frankly. That, that's very true. Yeah. I mean, that just... Especially
2: for such a big segment. You can't screw that one yeah,
0: up. Yeah, right? Like, how are you gonna mess that segment up? Yeah. This is your life. Yep. Oh, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't the life that I wanted. You know what I mean? Like, nah, I'm with you. That's and fine I don't know worthy. if
3: you've ever heard this before. They've never once said this ever in the history of wrestling DVDs or television. Or anything. They've never once said that that was the highest watched segment in the history of Raw. Wow. It's never once been said. Wow. Except it's been said a million times. But
2: <laughs> it may not be it true. It is true. <laughs> right. It actually is true. All right. Uh, Aaron? Uh, mine, I'm actually not finding a wrestler in this in this case. Um, there, there are very important roles all around wrestling. And, and that will be a theme through mine. And one of them is the seamstress. Obviously, the outfits wrestlers wear for the most part. The, the seamstress, whoever it is, does a great job. Mm-hmm. However, the second that High Energy walked out <laughs> for the first time, yeah. I would have called a session of Wrestlers Court yeah. and find the seamstress See, for I, that th- monster. The thing is, I don't
0: know if like the seamstress is allowed to be in Wrestlers Court. It's for the wrestlers.
2: It, it's the wrestling community, like the whole. Uh, thing. I don't know. It's part of the family. I think it's and especially especially when you consider some of the seamstresses are related oh. to some of the yeah, wrestlers that's true. and. All
0: right, my number five, if I was running Wrestler's Court, I would find Cameron, basically every time she showed up at the ring, just sort of said, you know what? I don't know what's going to happen, but go ahead and give me 50 bucks, okay? And we'll just – we'll get it out of the way here. You go do whatever you're going to do, but just go ahead and drop in 50, and then we'll move forward. If you needed to make it formal, it would be for ripping off the Spirit Squad. Did you not see – they they just did the cheerleader thing a couple years ago. Really? You're going to come right out and do it again? If I had to make it formal. But for the most part, it would just be pretty much for her existence within the WWE, I would find her. Jesus. Things. Well, I mean, look, hey, I'm sure she's doing wonderful things in other places, but you saw her wrestle, she, okay?
3: she uh, She's a
2: much better wrestler than Eva Marie. Well, okay, fine, but... Eva Marie never tried to pin someone when they were on their star. That is true.
0: Cameron definitely <laughs> did that. Like Legitimately. <laughs> not at work. She did that. And got pissed that the, the referee wouldn't do the three. But so come on, let's go! <laughs> All right, you're number four. My number
3: four. Even though I'm living in his house currently, Seamus, she, that that beaded beard was the worst thing I've ever yeah, seen.
0: Yeah, it was probably worth a fine. It was probably worth was the worst... worst thing I've ever seen in the yeah, issue. A significant fine. I would tend to agree with that. <laughs> Aaron, you're number four?
2: Uh, my number four and this one will seem harsh because of what happened, seemed like a big enough punishment that you didn't, don't need to levy a fine. And that would probably be his argument. But uh, the Shockmaster, the Shockmaster after that entrance, yeah. he needs to have wrestler's court. By the way, San Diego Comic-Con, apparently one of the, I guess, Mattel or something's there. Mm-hmm. Their, their exclusive is a Shockmaster action figure where it's like punching through the cardboard and it's upside down in the packaging. Because he's falling,
0: it's kind of great. That,
2: like, if anyone, if any of our listeners is going to San Diego Comic Con, talk to me. I kind of want one of those.
0: Well, it's kind of great. I'm not going to argue with you. That is really kind of great. All right, I'm good with that. Uh, my number four, and he would be someone that I would have to find twice, because I would find John Cena the first time he showed up in jorts, and then I would find him again for making fun of himself wearing jorts. You can just take the jorts off, bro. You can just change out of your jorts. Like, you don't have to sit there and do the bit where you say, that joke's as old as my jorts. Really? Change (laughs) your jorts. So I would find him
3: not. I don't mind him as much in cargo pants, but jorts are terrible.
0: Yeah, it's a bit. It's just a bit much. That's my number. It's terrible. This is my number four.
3: My number three. um, I'm sticking with the facial hair uh, reference. Um, And as I told you guys before, I stopped watching wrestling in high school, and I got back in wrestling around uh, 2010. So I stopped for like six years. In that six years, as the WWE Network has shown me, since I've gone back and watched pretty much every pay-per-view that I've ever missed, what in the hell was... Who was the person responsible for telling Triple H those damn mutton chops were a good idea? (laughs) Who was the person that saw him come out, when Stephanie saw him come out and said, oh, yeah, babe, you're going to kill him with that? That's
0: awful. I think it's fair. I mean, I, th- those I think those are awful. I, I I find it hard to believe that that was ever a thing that ever happened, but somehow, some way, it did. And I'm with you; it's very much deserving of a fine. If it was Yankees Kangaroo Court, it would a thousand percent have been fined. Uh, Aaron, your number
1: three.
2: Uh, my number three: a uh, very significant moment at uh, Royal Rumble '05. If you remember the finish to that, where. Uh, Cena and Batista tumble over the rope at the same time, and Vince comes out and says, restart the match. If you notice, though, Vince at no point, once he's down in the ring, stands up. He's down. He's sitting. He's making everyone around him kind of bend over to listen to him because he tore both of his quads. When he gets back, I'd be like, look, Vince, this was a big deal. You kind of need to stand if you are going to be making Hmm. a proclamation Hmm. like that. So I don't know if it's Vince's quads that I'm finding or Vince himself, but it's like, you kind of ruined that moment a little bit by having to lay down on your back and scream, restart the match.
0: Yeah, I would tend to agree that that's, um, it's, it's awkward. It's awkward, to say the least. All right, um, my number three. This is definitely worthy of a fine. I, a thousand percent worthy of a fine. And I love the guy, all right? I love him. But, you know, the Royal Rumble match is a significant match, correct? You can potentially become part of the main event at WrestleMania. It's a really significant match. How in the world are you going to forget that you're in the Royal Rumble and think that you're in a ladder match?
1: <laughs>
0: it's just not acceptable. This, is a, this could change your future. This could change everything about your career, winning this match, and you end up losing because you forgot what match you were in. So if I was in wrestler's court...
3: Especially on the pay-per-view called Royal
0: Rumble. Royal Rumble, Rumble right. Yep. Like, I mean, it's really... So if I was in wrestler's court, I don't think I would have a choice but to fine R-Truth because that's just a really poor decision on your part to to have a, a memory lapse in that moment. So R-Truth would have to get a fine from me in wrestler's court for uh, making a terrible decision like that. AJ. My
3: number two... Uh Aaron kind of stole part of my bit earlier. I was going to say that it's at this point, we have to find Kevin Nash's quads.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: we have to. I mean, we have to.
1: I can't wait but till we have Kevin ha- Nash on the show. Oh man. Oh. They have,
0: they have been They've done. him so wrong. So
1: dirty. They
3: have done so many terrible things to that man's career. It's sad.
0: I, I'm with you. I mean, I'm completely with you. Um, I don't know. Can you just get the quads into the like? Does Kevin have to come with them or how does that work? Because nah, if he's got to walk, no
3: way th- there's no way his original quads
1: are still in Well, that's true. It, it, if there so could be a hand walking around. He has backstage. Is, maybe well, a quad. I say, it'd,
0: be, it'd be awkward for if he has to walk there. He's not going to be able to because his quads aren't going to get him there,
2: unfortunately.
0: <laughs> All right, uh, you're number two.
2: Well, you talked about. R-Truth, forgetting a match. Well, this man legitimately forgot what type of match he was Mm -hmm. in. In uh, WCW in 2000, Dean Malenko was in a match where one of the big rules was, you can't go outside the ring. It was called a catch-as-catch-can match. Ah, right. About 30 seconds into the match, he goes outside the ring, and the ref calls for the bell.
0: Yeah, I mean, (laughs) it's a bad way to lose. I don't, I'm not a professional wrestler. I don't have any experience in these situations. But I don't think that's the way that you want to go about losing. I just feel as though that wouldn't work out well. And yeah, I think if, you, if you had to go back in, I mean, unfortunately you go into that wrestler's court and you're, you're probably going to have to, face a, uh, a pretty stiff fine at that point. Um, I don't know in the court of law how this would work. Cause obviously in wrestler's court governs what happens in WD. The court of law does not. Uh, guys, what would you think the fine would be? If you and again, maybe the question is who gets fined? Fine in this situation, the guys who chopped off another man's penis, <laughs> or the man who had his penis chopped off. Which one is the one that gets fined in wrestler courts? Well, but
2: hold on, it was attempted because it didn't actually happen. If you remember, right? Because That's there true. was shrinkage.
0: That's true. Right. That is true. So which one is fine worthy? Is it fine worthy that you put yourself in a situation where you lost your, you nearly lost your penis, well, and you
2: slept with another? Well oh, I, mean, wife, you know? I mean I
0: guess that's probably a fine that comes along with that. But is that is that the final one or do you get fined for the attempt to chop off another man's penis? Uh, the
3: attempt. I think off. you okay. do both. Right. I think you do both. You think both no, I, yeah. don't, I don't I think almost having your penis chopped off is more than enough. Punishment? A- <laughs>
1: I'm yeah. Yeah. All
3: right.
2: I would. Okay. Tend to that, agree with that's that. fair. If all If right. you want to say the punishment's already been doled out, so uh, we're going to say the Kayentai
0: is the one that yeah. gets that gets fined here for attempting to chop off Val Venus' penis, and Val just sort of they, they maybe maybe they censure him in Wrestlers Court, right? Like they don't find him, but they say you know you, you you know what happened to you. You know where this could have gone. You're very lucky that it didn't end up working out that way. Um, the other one that I would say is uh, I think again I don't know, but I would think that if you, like a goof, wore boots that wouldn't stay on during a match, I know it ended up helping you, but that could be, that's a potential a safety hazard. So I think that Eddie Guerrero, my number one, that's a real, you could have ended up, I think, doing something some real damage to, to any part of your foot um, by, by having boots that weren't fully, that could come untied so easily. I think that when you go, and especially at WrestleMania, you know what I mean? Like at WrestleMania that you're not wearing safe boots, I think that's worthy of a significant fine. So my number one on this list is I think that Eddie Guerrero would have to be fined for not pre- wearing, you know, living up to the safety hazards of the job. You know what I mean? Like, yeah.
2: Correct. Correct. Well, I mean, he would have done you know, that. At the but time. Yeah, this is what would happen at the time. Uh, this is a guy who I feel could be fined for several different things, and that man is uh, one Scott Steiner. Mm. But in this case, mm. it's, uh, I'm particularly targeting one instance in TNA, where he was facing Samoa Joe in a match. And uh, actually, it was also Angle, but he ended up, it was a triple threat match. And he cut what is now known as one of the greatest promos of all time for different reasons. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with this promo. The numbers don't lie promo. I'm not. Are, are you familiar with it, AJ? Because if not, you should go check nope. it out. and Let me see if I can actually play it here. I might be able and to on my computer. Probably won't be able to. But it is a fantastic promo where, yeah won't work right now. But if you if you are listening, go go find it. Just uh Scott Sleiner, numbers don't lie, where he proves mathematically that he has a one hundred forty one and two thirds percent chance of winning a triple threat match. Just as a math guy myself, I, again, I might dole out some punishment just because while it was a great promo, the yeah. math was completely wrong in I that mean, case. I mean I or his math tutor, one of the two. Yeah. I might not have, find... we,
3: have we ever, have we ever confused Scott Steiner with a mathematician?
2: No, no, we haven't. Um, Can we find Michigan for allowing him to get his yeah, degree? I, I guess the real question. <laughs> I'm gonna say this. Do you know that he's wrong? Do you know that with certainty? Well, I mean, if you play, if you pull it up now, he, he does make it a compelling case for why it's correct. Yeah. Here's,
3: here's why you're a racist, because if Johnny Cocker made that argument, you would have supported it.
0: <laughs> all right. And, AJ, you're number one. My number one. See,
3: these finds are all about people not doing the job that they were supposed to do and, and just embarrassing themselves in the company. I don't think there's any more embarrassing moment than when Mae Young gave birth to a hand. Mm, mm. And because of that, I have to find May Young's uterus <laughs> because the, how do you only develop a hand? Yeah. How do you not
0: develop an entire child? Yeah, we got to talk about that, I think.
2: How do you only develop a hand? Well, right. And how does no one pick up on that? Like all of the, the doctors who did ultrasounds and stuff throughout? You'd think someone would be That's like, like
0: and
3: if they this were missing this there. kangaroo court, I would find their ass too. Unfortunately, <laughs> I could only find Mae Young's uterus.
0: Oh, man. All right. Very good. All right. There you go. That's our top five for the week. Uh AJ, you are on Twitter at AJFrancis410, correct? Yep. And we should... Uh, give another shout-out to our boy, uh, Steve Miggs. Miggs. Love yeah. that guy. Congratulations to BJ and Miggs on being nominated for the Hall of Fame. Check out the Megacast. Check out the Miggs cast. Um, and listen to his show on KISW. We uh, and Seattle. Miggs already
3: have it set up where BJ decides to retire. It'll become Oh, it's yours? H- it's <laughs> this. The AJ
2: and Miggs show. Do you get to inherit yeah. like the Hall of Fame and then, status? And we, have a,
3: we have a whole tagline. The tagline would be, we just stepped up. Our A game.
0: Oh, wow.
2: You're no longer B-plus players.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That is strong. That is strong. Very good. Uh, Aaron, you're on Twitter. The A-Oster. The show is on Twitter.
2: Jobbing Out Show.
0: We have an email account as well. JobbingOutShow
2: at gmail.com. And
0: what do you have coming up at the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone?
2: Don't have much there, but I do want to uh, shout out AwesomeCon for having me this past weekend. And I met actually a few Jobbing Out listeners while I was out there at the various panels I did.
3: You and were hanging out with Awesome Kong this weekend? Yes. That would be great. Don't you, don't no. you have a girl? That's kind of fucked yeah. up, bro.
2: No, I was actually hanging out with Ron Simmons for a while, which was very cool. Um, damn. Damn. Yeah, that was great. And How uh, was Will Friedel? Will Friedel was great as well. I, the whole thing was absolutely fantastic, and uh, got a canvas poster of Stephen Amell and Stardust on my wall now cool. from Awesome Kong, so that was cool. cool. Excellent. Alright, uh, I'm on Twitter
0: at Glenn Clark Radio and, uh, glennclarkradio.com is the website for me. Thanks again to Josh Gross for joining us. Check out his book, Ali vs. Enoki. It is available on June 21st at Amazon. Can we, Aaron, throw up a link to that when we post the show? Yeah, we'll do that. A link to, to his that. book, very cool. On our Twitter account, at Jobbing Out Show. So, for, uh, Josh Gross, for Aaron, and for...
3: The main event. Vent,
0: vent. AJ Francis, I'm Glenn Clark. This has been Jobbing Out.
3: And just so
1: you guys know, Brent Grimes plays for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. (laughs) Chubby (laughs) guy!